0: All right, now I think we're live. Just let me know in the live stream comments if you can hear me nice and clearly. It is March 11, 2020 in the United States. Where I am, it's actually March 12, 2020. So we survived the 33 in plain sight here in beautiful Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. But before I say too much more, Let's just wait for the live stream chat. Can you hear me? So far the comments seem to suggest that you can hear me, which is obviously very good news. So let me just go in the United States, where I am, check it for myself, there we go, yes. 26 people watching right now, it says, all right, fantastic. So what we're gonna do today is take a look at this coronavirus story because seven weeks ago to the day, I released a video saying that I thought the event was a hoax and at the time, the reporting was that there'd been 17 deaths in China and the uh, the virus had just made its way to the United States. And obviously a lot of things have happened since then. So what we're gonna do today is a comment response and it's been a long time since I've done one of these. So I've been looking forward to this all morning. Woke up, set my alarm, woke up, and uh, went about my errands. And I thought, right, I can't wait to start this stream. So I'm very glad that we're doing this right now. I'm going to be reading out your comments and responding to them and documenting them for posterity. And so the benefit of doing this is that in the future, no matter what happens with this coronavirus and these lockdowns, no matter what happens... It'll all be there for everybody to see. And I think we benefit from this by reflecting on where was our mind at the time? Now, just forgive me. I'm gonna be sipping on some bottled water from time to time throughout the course of this call. Did I bring my bottle with me? No, I didn't. Still relatively early here in Kuala Lumpur, so bear with me while I warm up. Now, in the live chat, we've got a bunch of people. I'm gonna read out your comments in the live stream first. Then I'm gonna read out the comments that were left on the video that I made last night to promote this, this video. And then I'm going to read out some comments that were left on a Reddit thread that is relevant to all of this. So if you're new to the channel, I'm John LeBon. I've been YouTubing now for about six years and uh, I'm in my early 30s. Is 32 still early 30s? I think it is. And at the moment I'm in Malaysia. And for the last 12 months, I've just been moving around this part of Asia, this country for one month, this country for two months, this country for three months, then back again, (coughs) pardon me. And uh, the idea is that by doing that, because these countries have such a low cost of living compared to Australia, at least, I can make my website my primary concern. And uh, yeah, I passed the 12 month mark about a week ago, two weeks ago, and uh, That's all I really wanted was to do this for 12 months. Didn't really have any plans beyond that. So at the moment, I'm kind of just floating along and trying to release podcasts and articles on my website, johnlebon.com, and also the occasional YouTube video as well. And I cover a whole range of topics. I used to focus a lot on the news and politics, but then I realized it's mostly a waste of time. It's a hoax for the most part. Then I spent a lot of time on the hoaxes, and the hoax online community, if you can call it that. But then I came to realize that most of that scene is also a hoax. Most of the people who were there are just live action role-playing. They're LARPing. They'll talk about, oh, the news is lying about this, or the news is lying about that. But most of these people, they... Look, I don't want to go into it, but let's just say that they're not doing anything more with their lives than the people who watch CNN and think that's real. In fact, many of them are leading worse lives than the normies. So I came to realize that the hoax scene is mostly full of LARPers, which is fine, by the way. There's nothing wrong with... Like, who am I to judge LARPers? But I didn't get into this to hang out with a bunch of people to sit around complaining about the TV and doing nothing about it. That's a joke. So I I kind of moved on from the hoaxes. I still talk about them. We're possibly talking about one today. And then I started focusing on this, this field of inquiry that I found called synchro mysticism. Which sounds silly. It is kind of a silly name until you look into the history of the name. But basically what these sync people do is they look at all these so-called coincidences and they, they look through different potential explanations for them because the hoax community gives you one explanation. Oh, that was put there to mock us, right? So for instance, uh, Neo's passport in The Matrix. The Matrix was made in like 1998, 99 was released in 99 so we're talking the late 90s before september 11 and it's a film all about the red pill when you see the truth everything's different everybody around you basically will defend the system even when you know the truth you can't tell them they'll attack you right that's what the film's all about very esoteric film and neo his passport mr anderson expires on september 11 2001 now how the hell does that happen the, the hoax crowd or the, the truth movement, they'll give you one explanation or they'll give you a whole bunch of self-contradicting explanations and they don't go any further beyond that. What the sync people do is they say, right, well, let's, let's think through this. What other evidence is there? What potential explanations are there? Who in the past, before the internet, was writing about these things and what did they have to say? So for a couple of years, I focused heavily on sync. And uh, now, now I kind of like to mix all of these things. I like to mix an understanding of hoaxery because there's a lot of media fakery going on, sync, and then occasionally look at the news as well to, to see, well, what based on what we now think we know, what can we make of this, this news story? So that's basically what I do at johnlabon.com. There's a ton of material there available for free many podcasts, many videos, and many articles. I've also got a members section, which is going very well, and that's basically who I am and what I do. So for those of you who are new to the channel, welcome. Let's now take a look at this coronavirus. First, let's go to the live stream chat. Sorry, guys, I'm a bit low energy at the moment. I haven't had a coffee. Where I'm staying right now, look, it's a long story, but basically I I rent Airbnbs for one month at a time. And and so I often rent them, and I don't know where I'm going to be. Like, I just end up here, and I just hope it's going to be good. Because when you do a one-month rental, then you get massive discounts. So this place that I'm in right now, it's a studio apartment. It's maybe, I mean, maybe, how far is this from the middle of, I mean, I can see if I, behind me is my curtains. They've got these bright red curtains here for some reason. If I open those curtains, you can see the skyline of KL. You can see the KL Tower. It's a beautiful thing. So I'm very close to the middle. And it only cost me for a studio apartment all to myself for a month. What was it? Five eighty Australian. What's that? Maybe four fifty US. I think four fifty US for a month. Off it four weeks. That's pretty sweet. You uh, you check yourself in, and yeah, you get the whole place for yourself. No no other bills. No nothing. So that's pretty good, right? Yes, except look. Long story short. This this. Apartment complex, 13 stories. At the bottom is meant to be a shopping mall. They, they must have built this maybe 10 years ago, right? The shopping mall is deserted. It's one of the most eerie things I've ever seen in my life. So even though we're close to the middle of a big city man, Kuala Lumpur, a huge city, down there, especially at night time, you feel like you're in a ghost town. It's, I'll make a video about it. It's some of the most eerie stuff you've ever seen in your life. So the problem is down there where there's meant to be amenities, there's nothing. So I I can't have a morning coffee. So I've got to perk up a little bit. So just bear with me. Let me get high energy. Those of you who are like, JLB, you shouldn't drink coffee. It's not good for you. You might well be right. You might be right. But of all the drugs that I've done, caffeine is one that hasn't given me too many problems and has given me a lot of good feelings and warmth and energy. It's one of my favorite drugs, caffeine, I have to say. But then again, they tell us that caffeine's in the coffee. How How would we... Really no. That's also a good question. These are the kinds of questions we ask at com. So it is time to start reading out some comments. Let's see who is in the live chat. Alright, let's get to it. I'll warm up, just bear with me. I will warm up, I promise. Who's in the live stream chat? We've got several people from the Auto Hoax Army. We've got,
1: <coughs>
0: pardon me, we've got Osher06 and MVP to Hardware Vandal and Salty Siren, who I think might also be part of the Auto Hoax Army, First for Truth. One of the leaders of the Auto Hoax Army. Good to see all of you guys in there. The Fifth Border, he left a comment on the relevant video. We'll take a look at that very soon. Take no no, sirs. Red Rooster Truth. uh, ID Can Spire. Jerry Gergich. History buried many of the regular names here on the John the Bond livestream. Good to see you all here. Thanks for bearing with me. We were a little bit late. Original Simulant. Unearther. Look at all these people. Goodness gracious me. Go Away is in there. He's been a commenter on these live streams for years, man, years. On and on and on it goes. All right, guys, so I will be reading out your comments during the live stream, but what we need to do first, uh, I should apologize, Matt Hopper, for some reason, your comments weren't showing up. There's, this stream auto mods some people's comments. I don't know why it chooses certain people. For some reason, it shows you, but uh, I've, I've fixed that up now. All right, so let's get to the the meat of this, okay? So what I did was, last night, my time, I thought, because I got home, I'd been at the, so what I've got to do is, because there's no cafes around here, I've got to catch a, get this, I've got to catch a light rail, uh, two stations. There there is, okay, in their defense, there is a, a light rail station right next to this building. Okay, so I walk there. Then I have to catch the light rail two stations away takes five minutes no problems then there's a connecting monorail or heavy rail they've got two different rail systems that all connect here so don't quote me one's lrt one's mrt whatever they all use the same card so it's it's no problem so then i connect there and then go one station elsewhere and then i get to this big shopping mall with a whole ton of cafes it's great that's where i go to for instance yesterday i was editing a call what was i doing yesterday let's go and take a look at this yesterday i was working on this sometimes record that we recorded a couple weeks ago. Yesterday I was editing that, uploaded that. That took me all day. So I got home and I'm like, ah, peace. And then I realized, hey, today is March 11. And I thought, you know what? And then I saw a couple videos or articles about the uh, coronavirus. And some dude was on Joe Rogan's show, apparently just pushing a ton of fear about coronavirus. And then I read that... Um, in, in Australia, there's legislation that has been passed that they can basically force a vaccination. And I'm like, whoa, man, this is getting heavy. And I thought, you know what, let's do a live stream and just put all our cards on the table. So I thought I'll do a video to promote this stream you're watching right now or listen to right now. I'll have a bit of a sleep. I'll come back and we'll do the stream. So anyway, the point of my story is, I, uh, yeah, I've got to catch two two different things to get to the to the shopping mall But if I walk out my door and walk down to the end of the the corridor kind of thing, you can see the shopping mall. Kuala Lumpur has this ridiculous layout where it's faster. Probably takes me from the bottom of this building because getting from the top to the bottom is a whole other story. But once you're at the bottom to get from there to the shopping mall, maybe depending on, on the trains, maybe 20 minutes. Okay. It's not that bad. I'm not complaining. That's quicker than walking there, even though I can see it. I can see it from this building. Because there's so many roads in the way, it's, man, it's madness. And then get this. I'm at the top of this building. They've got three elevators. One of them is out of action. Okay, no problem. You've got two elevators. Actually, you do have a problem. Those two elevators don't talk to each other. So you've, people press both buttons. Suppose someone's on the ninth floor. They press both buttons. All right? I'm on the 13th floor. So somebody wants to catch the elevator. I'm, I'm pretty much having to stop at every stop. Even if the other elevator's already got that person. I don't know if I'm really communicating this to you. In a normal system, the elevators talk to each other, basically, right? It's like, hey man, I've already gone to those floors, don't worry about it. And the, elevator, the other elevator's like, all right, sweet, I won't waste my time. Not in this building. The two elevators work independently of each other. And what everyone does is they just press both buttons. So those of us at the top of the building, like you, you get to the 10th floor, doors open up. now there's no one there. Doors close. Down to the seventh floor. Doors open up. Why? Because the previous elevator is two minutes ahead. It's already got these people. It's ridiculous. And then, two days ago, the second elevator was also out of action. Okay, they put these little plastic walls around them saying, because it's all in, in Malay and English. So I don't know what the Malay says, but the it's the same in English, I'm sure. It just is like, this is currently under routine maintenance. Routine... You wouldn't do a routine maintenance on two at the same time. Don't lie to me. Okay, obviously there's some problem with this. Get it fixed. Get it sorted out. What's going on here? Come on. So they had one elevator. And so it's just a waste of time. So everyone's just walking up and down all the stairs. And uh, yeah, anyway. So that's what happened. So this morning I went to run some errands. And I'm on the elevator. I get on at the 13th floor. And uh, some lady also gets on at the 13th floor. And she's on her smartphone. She's on her little monolith, right? And I'm thinking about this stream that that you're watching or listening to right now. And anyway, on her uh, monolith, on her little phone, she's watching some kind of news report. And it's one of those uh, no no voice, just sound, but it's like the kind of, you know, eerie, this is serious sound effects music, like don't know if that'll come along properly on the microphone, but, you know, it's got the, the percussion that's like, and then it's got the eerie sort of, put those two together. And then what's on the screen? It's a day-by-day graph growing from day-to-day from, say, February 1 to 2 to 3, showing all the countries and who's got the most cases, okay? I wish I could put something similar on the screen for you right now, but you get the idea. This lady, she's... She looks like she's going to work, right? She's got her her uh, polo top for whatever business she works for. She's got her handbag. She's all got her hair done and stuff. So she's probably going to work, I would imagine. And and how's her morning starting? She's watching this thing on on her monolith on the elevator on the way down, and it's like, and it's just showing the the uh, the increase of the reported cases day after day after day. And so I was I could kind of see it in my field of vision. And yeah, it's like oh, it looks scary, doesn't it? Goodness gracious me. So anyway, so that's what I was doing yesterday. I was at the old cafe. thought I'd organize this call. So now let's go and take a look at some of the comments that have been left. And uh, guys, if there's any problems with the audio, you have to tell me. I've got no producer here. So I'd, it's important. It's incumbent on you to tell me. If, if the mic's too hot, let me know. If the mic's too soft, let me know. If, uh, if something happens, you tell me. And I'll try and keep tabs on the on the live stream chat. Canspire says the 13th floor should be empty. He might be speaking in um, multiple... How do I put this to you? There's an inside joke at JohnTheBond.com. Not not just a joke, but also like a running motif. Because, you, in fact, look at that screen right now, those of you who are watching this presentation. And by the way, I'm going to release this as a podcast. So those of you who are listening, you won't miss out on anything. Anything this visual that comes up in this stream, I will try and read out uh, or explain to you so that the podcast version of this won't be missing anything too important. But for those of you who are watching, you can see the main page of JohnTheBond.com there right now. The background image is from a film called The 13th Floor, and this was released around about the same time as The Matrix and Dark City and The Truman Show. A lot of these films with insights were released around the same time. It's very interesting. But The 13th Floor is very underrated by the conspiracy subculture. Very few people seem to be aware of it. I was told about it by a member of JohnTheBond.com who said, hey, I think you're going to like this film. It seems to fit in with what you're talking about. I was like, all right, I'll check it out. I watched it. I was like, whoa, this is full on. This is potentially more attuned with what's going on than The Matrix even. Why do not so many people know about this? And to cut a very long story short, we, I, used the banner of, I used an image from that film as a banner of my website because one of the ideas that's explored in the film, The 13th Floor, is this idea that people think they know what's going on but until they take a trip to a certain place they're oblivious and and I had been oblivious and that place metaphorically speaking allegorically speaking for me at least is history ancient history nobody's checking the sources everybody thinks they know what happened 2000 years ago but they've got no reason to believe that no good reason they're just believing what they've been told So, for example, ancient Egypt. We all think we know what happened there thousands of years ago. Oh, ancient Athens. This was the birthplace of modern democracy. And, you know, there's people in that area that we now kind of call Greece. They uh, they used to hang out. This was thousands of years ago. And there were great philosophers. And they used to sit around eating grapes and philosophizing and all kinds of things, right? We think we know this. And if you go to the library, you'll find a book telling you this. The book might have been written in the last few years. It might be 30 years old. At your library, you might even have a book that's 100 years old. Great. But where did that book get their story from? Sometimes I'll have a source. So you can look up that source. That book might be from the 1800s. Okay, great. But that's still not from ancient Greece. How do we know this story is from thousands of years ago? How do we know that it's accurate? This is what I call tracing the sources. Guess what? Almost nobody ever does that. Almost nobody. Not even so-called historians. I know that's hard to believe. So if you go through the process of tracing the sources, what you're going to discover is that there was no ancient Greece. Okay, the stories all started a couple hundred years ago. And of course, when you first hear that, it's like, what? No way, man. Of course ancient Greece is real. You're crazy, man. I'm like, yeah, I know how crazy it sounds, but have you taken the time to check where these stories come from? You know the honest truth is that you have not. Now you can come back to me and say, oh, well, but there's experts. Yeah, there are. Where do you think they get their stories from? Part of getting a history degree isn't going and tracing the sources. They've got to provide references and footnotes in their essays. But who are they referring to? Who are they citing? Who are their footnotes going to? Books that have been written in the last few decades, maybe a couple hundred years old. I know how crazy all this sounds. So when you come face to face with the fact that all of our ancient history, and that's just one example, I'm just giving you a very brief overview here. I've got lots of free material on my website that talks about all of this. In fact, I've got a two hour presentation, The History Hoax Explained, where I go through all of this. That's a free presentation, video and audio. <clears throat> Pardon me, I've got to clear my throat regularly. Otherwise I get frog, my voice goes frog mode. So just bear with me. And, uh, and when I do a video for the, for the website, I always edit everything out. But this is the live stream, can't edit this stuff out. So anyhow, so I've got a two-hour presentation that I did a live stream for last year, turned it into a podcast as well, where I explain the history hoax. I call it the history hoax. And uh, once, you, once you come face-to-face with this lack of history, okay, all the hoaxes, all the other hoaxes, pale into significance. In- they pale into insignificance, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, they lied about a school shooting, they lied about a bombing, they lied about a, uh, an aurora... Uh, theater shooting. Okay, yes, that is important. However, they're lying to us about where we're from. They're lying to us about how how long we've been here. They're they're lying to us about how we got here. And what's more, no one knows. Not even the so-called truthers know. Not even many of the big, prominent content creators know. Some of the most popular people in this scene, you'll still hear them talking about ancient Greece or ancient China or ancient Rome. Or you'll hear them saying about Oh, well, humans for thousands of years have been... No, there is no thousands of years. There isn't. I know how crazy that sounds. And I'm not trying to convince you. If you're new to this idea, I'm not trying to convince you. Especially in this stream. We've got the coronavirus to talk about. But the relevance of all of this is that I discovered this all of this in the last few years. And so I started writing articles about it. We started talking about it on the website, johnthebond.com. Other people started doing their own research members of my website started saying, all right, I'm going to pick a topic of ancient history and see if what JLB is saying is true. JLB is saying that you can't get sources that are more than a couple hundred years old. I'll go and check. So they would choose a topic. For instance, Pliny the Elder. You might've heard of Pliny the Elder. One of the members of the website said, right, let's go and find out what is the story today. Let's find the books today. Let's go to the sources of those books and just trace the sources. Where'd this book get its story? Where'd this author get his story? Let's go through the sources. JLB says that the sources are meant to go back hundreds or thousands of years, but they only go back a couple of hundred years. Let's see. And guess what? Every single character, every single story of ancient history, all the same, even medieval history, same thing. It only goes back a couple hundred years, man. It's, like everything, it's almost like everything started a couple hundred years ago. That's what it seems like. That's what it seems like. Anyway, the point of my story is that this is one of the big topics we talk about on JohnTheBond.com, the, the history hoax. And the relevance is that the 13th floor is a film that I use as an allegory or a metaphor to talk about this history hoax. And I booked this Airbnb uh, a month ago. I didn't even know, like I knew the general, I knew, like you can see when you book an Airbnb, you can see the general area that something is in, but it doesn't, it usually doesn't say the floor number. Sometimes it does, but sometimes, most of the time it doesn't why so but I just booked them I'm like yeah 450 us I think thereabouts And uh, it's, it's close enough to the middle of KL I'll be a happy man so anyway I get the check the self check-in those of you who never used Airbnb you might not be aware that sometimes you check yourself in in fact most of the time you check yourself in in other words they send you the directions how to get the key and how to get into the the apartment how to get into the room so they sent me the check-in instructions I'm at the airport I'm looking over the, because I was flying from, uh, from Thailand to Malaysia and I'm, I'm at the airport, I'm looking at the checking instructions. Oh, I'm on the 13th floor. How nice is that? The 13th floor. The 13th floor is where the, uh, the nature of these things is, is revealed, it would seem. And, and maybe that's what I.D. can was referring to because he's a member of the website. Then again, maybe he was being quite serious. The 13th floor should be empty on this building because who the hell wants to wait you know, for, those, for those elevators? So it works on a couple of levels. A lot of what we do at JohnTheBond.com does work on several levels. So we're up to 60 people watching live right now. Welcome to all of you. We're talking about this big coronavirus event. I said seven weeks ago that it's a hoax. Nobody died, nobody got hurt. Maybe I was wrong. We're gonna discuss that. We're gonna discuss your opinions. If you want me to read your opinion, go and leave it on the video that I uploaded just not too long ago. Let's go and take a look at this. Let me upload this to the uh, live stream. Where are we? There we a go. So in the live stream right now, does that is where you want to terms. leave your comments. So we're up and to I'll be reading it, the comments from that video in just a moment. In other words, this is a live stream. I will read some of the live stream chat, but the main thing I'm responding to today is going to be the comments that were left on the video that I uploaded not long ago. <clears throat> so let's carry on with the presentation in the live stream chat. Let's take a look here. Mensa Girl is in the live stream chat. We did a a live stream, like, was it four hours? It's crazy, man. It was meant to be two hours and then that became three, became four, but the chat just kept on going and it all flowed well and we spoke about, what did we speak about? We spoke about Nikola Tesla. Many people think they know about this great man, Nikola Tesla. So did I. Until I went and checked the sources. Turns out that This guy never actually wrote any books. Oh, yes, he did. I've got one of Tesla's books. No, you've got a book that is attributed to Tesla. I could write a book today and attribute it to you. doesn't mean that you wrote it. Suppose your name is Jeremy Jenkinson. I could write a book, say, written by Jeremy Jenkinson. I have attributed the book to you. doesn't mean you wrote the book. That's what happened with Tesla. He never wrote any books. But there were articles published under his name during his time. So post-facto, people have taken those articles, put them together into a book, attributed to Nikola Tesla. Now, perhaps he wrote those articles. Maybe he really did. I wanted to look into it further. And this is, again, this is all documented. In fact, I'll give an example for those of you who are watching. JohnTheBond.com, if you go to start, key topics, and then go down to select hoaxes, Nikola Tesla hoax. Let's take a look at this. Nikola Tesla, he was written out of the history books, but he was promoted by Hollywood. You know, there's a lot of um, truth people who will try and tell you that Nikola Tesla's been, uh, you know, whitewashed. They're trying to hide him. Guys, they're trying to hide Tesla. They're trying to hide Tesla from us, guys. But there's mainstream Hollywood films about him, including one starring David Bowie as Nikola Tesla. So th- does that really make sense that they're trying to write him out of history, but they're also giving us mainstream film does that does it, really, does it really make sense i'm not so sure that makes sense Anyway, if you go to that page the nicola tesla hoax page at john i've got a free podcast two hours several free videos for you to check out and i explain when i say that nicola tesla's a hoax there's a reason why i say that it might sound crazy anyway we discussed all of this and more on the mensa girl channel not long ago so nice to have you in the live stream chat mensa girl Carrying on then. What else have we got here? Gorgas Garage. Man, a lot of new names in here, guys. Nice to see all of you here. Welcome to JohnLeBon.com. This is in fact my second channel. I started the first channel back in 2014-15, early 2015. I think. In fact, I think it was February 2015 I started the first John LeBon channel. And by the beginning of 2019, so what's that? Four years. It had grown to 7,000 subscribers. A couple of videos went semi-viral, 100,000 views, 700,000 views. I was very proud of it. And then I made a few mistakes. I covered this event from, when was that event? Was it 2012? There was a school shooting that you best not speak of. I made a few videos about that. I shouldn't have, they got flagged, and I got done for Community Guidelines Strikes, and that was the end of my channel. So this is my new channel, and it's recently passed 1,000 subscribers, which I'm happy about. In our little corner of the internet, that's pretty good. If you're not paying for subscribers or paying for views, which many people do, I'm not sure how many people out there are aware of how common that is. If you see a channel and it's, and it's relatively new, and it's all of it, especially in this, especially in this niche area, the act realm as I call it, the conspiracy subculture, I call it the act realm. A C T: Alternative, Conspiracy, Truth. In the act realm. You see someone who's relatively new and they've got thousands of subscribers, and all their videos have thousands of views. Chances are you are looking at someone who pays for their subs and their views. Which I am not even judging them for that. I can see why people do that, but but a lot of people I don't think realise just how fake this whole scene is. It's a lot more fakery. There is fakery, man. There is fakery all the way down, man. We live in a, a fabricated uh, existence, and much of it is self fabricated. The lies that we tell ourselves the lies that we tell each other, the lies that we tell over the internet, the the image we want to project to the world. And uh, and whether it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, any social media platform, it's almost, uh, it's too easy to, to present a false version of, of what you are. And that's exactly what people do. Now, of course, we all do it to an extent, of course. But what I'm saying is that, especially on YouTube, thousands of subs for a new channel, that's nah, probably fake. So for me to have 1,000 subscribers on this YouTube channel in this niche, talking about things that I talk about, I'm, I'm saying that Ancient Greece is fake, Nikola Tesla's fake, man, that's crazy, isn't it? Right, that's crazy. Yeah, in, in this niche, I'm pretty happy with 1,000. So, uh, so there you go. So let's get to the, the fun. Let's get to the, the good part then. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna write down, because I did promise that anybody who made reference to two particular videos, I was going to prioritize them in this comment response. What we're about to do right now, I'm gonna read out your comment from that video. Let's get that up on the screen, shall we? Where are we? Maybe I was wrong. This is the video that I linked to in the live stream chat just a moment ago. I uploaded this last night. It currently has 33 upvotes and three downvotes. What are the odds? And it was uploaded on March 11. And so there's, there's look at all these comments, man. This is full on, right? I said this in that video. I'm like, guys, even though this is a small channel, I get way more viewer engagement than the than the channels that are much bigger. Why is that? How come I can upload a video and 6 hours later there's 50 comments. There's 40 different people in that comment section. I don't mean in the live stream. I mean 40 different people have left a comment. There's 47 total comments because some of them have left replies to each other, but 40 different people on a video with only 400 views, only 1000 subscribers. Go to some channels, they've got 10,000 subscribers, 20,000 subscribers, five comments. How's that possible? Uh, Because sometimes you pay for subs, you're not paying for them to comment. You see what I'm trying to say? Sometimes you pay for views, you're not paying for comments. Do you see what I'm trying to say to you? There's some serious deception going on there, guys. So these are the comments I'm going to read first. But I did say in this video, if you make reference to either the coronavirus phone call or how many people must die. Uh, These are two separate videos that I was linking to. I said, if you leave reference to either of these videos, I will prioritize your comment because we might not get time to go through all the comments. So what I'm gonna do is go through the comments because I I didn't have time to check them out before running my errands this morning. So I'm gonna now make a note of who I'm gonna respond to first based on the criteria I set forth in that video. And while I'm doing that, we're gonna play. We're gonna play this, this video, real or fake. This is a phone call Please let me know in the live stream chat, guys. Can you hear this? Or I'm going to play this right now. Let me know if you can hear it.
2: Hi, Jennifer. This is John. I Hi. just. This is the hotline for Corona, sure right? It is.
0: Can you guys hear that? You should have heard someone say, hey, this is John. This is the hotline for Corona. And then you should have heard a very perky young lady say, Sure is. Okay, did you guys hear that? Let me know in the live stream chat. Technonosis says, Yes, you can hear it. Clear, grey sky. Also, thank you guys for the for the help. You're helping me do this show. I do appreciate it. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play this. It's only five minutes. This was uploaded by a guy called Salzburg Gold on March 8. It's now March 11. So three days ago, he uploaded this. And... Uh, I linked to this in my video last night. So I'm going to play this and make some notes. I'll be back in five minutes. Check this out. This
2: You have to hear this, seriously. Okay, so I just, um, I don't have any tips, but like, can I ask questions? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So um, besides like washing your hands, is there like any other precautions I should be taking?
1: Um, do you not have symptoms or anything?
2: no but i I found when I saw the the case in Minneapolis you know I just I definitely Both think in I should Ramsey County, so. oh my bad I, you know okay <laughs> so
1: other than washing your hands you, you have to be aware of like not touching your face which is probably harder than the washing your hands part so
2: okay so I shouldn't touch my face
1: okay. yes and people do it all the time so oh
2: yeah, just try not to touch your face very hard and if you do just try to make sure you're washing your hands
1: if you touch surfaces like if you go shopping or something you touch door handles make sure you wash your hands try not touch your face up to so touch like a cart or hand you know door handles railings that kind of thing
2: okay and should i um should i avoid shaking hands too
1: yes you should
2: okay so when they find out that like somebody's sick like do they have a test that determines the virus or is it based off of symptoms
1: so they'll test you they'll, they'll decide to test you based off of your symptoms
2: okay do you do you know what like the test is called
1: well it's just it's a i don't have I mean, the name of it you mean
2: no it's just like what the doctor does you know what oh, i mean yeah, they, they take... would
1: take a swab of your nasal passage and then your throat
2: okay, then it goes to a lab?
1: Yep, then it'll go to our lab, and then they'll run it. I think they're, they're running within the same day, so.
2: Oh. Specifically for COVID-19. They would probably, if you got the symptoms, if you went
1: into your, or called your doctor and said you had a fever, a cough, shortness of breath, they would probably test you for influenza or some other respiratory illness before COVID-19, because they'll take into account any travel history, any contact with anybody else, so...
2: Okay, but...
1: So if you start exhibiting symptoms, what well, your first step is to call your doctor and tell them your symptoms.
2: Okay, so if I had a flu, the symptoms should be a lot different? Not a lot. They are quite similar, actually. But you
1: would call your doctor and tell them your symptoms. So if you get a fever and a cough with shortness of breath, then you'd want to call your doctor right away.
2: Okay, I understand. So- Okay, yeah. so shortness of breath is like a big factor.
1: Yep, and the fever. Yep.
2: Okay.
1: So and you know it is it is influenza season and there's also a lot of other respiratory illnesses making the rounds at this point. So,
2: okay. if I got a if I got Go a if I got a flu shot, would that like help my immune system?
1: For influenza, yes. Not for COVID nineteen.
2: Okay, so you can't. So if you got a
1: flu shot, you know you. You can still get the flu, but you would the symptoms would be le- less, and your your the illness wouldn't last as long.
2: Okay, all you right. You can still get
1: the flu shot and get the flu, but you wouldn't you know you're less likely to end up in the hospital.
2: Okay, or
1: die from it. So,
2: but it doesn't like maybe help you from COVID. Not for
1: COVID nineteen. No, the symptoms are just the same, in the way it spreads are.
2: Okay. Do you so know? Through
1: droplets.
2: Do you know if they will make a shot for it at some point? They're
1: working on a vaccine, but you know, vaccines have to be tested and they have to be tested right to be effective. So it'll take a while before there's a, an effective vaccine.
2: So, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll make Just sure. Just try to protect yourself the same way you would during flu season. So, if uh, you start getting sick, don't go outside and touch all the things. Yeah, and try not to go to work either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks. You've been awesome. Have a good day. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: So there you have it, guys. Real or fake? That was by Selzberg Gold. Big shout-out to him. And I like to see that. People who was like, you know what? I'm going to call in, see what they have to say for themselves. Ask some questions. And that's all he did. Wasn't being uh, cheeky to the girl. Wasn't causing them problems like okay i've got some questions let me run them past you and uh, what did you make of that let me know in the live stream chat so what i said in my video last night was if you make reference to that video or to diapy diapy's video i'll give you preference in this comment response reason being that my philosophy has always been i want to look i'll have my opinion but i want to hear other people's opinions and generally i want to get a synthesis of the ideas that are out there and i try and engage in the conversation. And I think that's the best way to go about it. So whether you think this event is real or a hoax or something else altogether, why not see what other people are saying, what they're doing? So I'm trying to encourage that. And I'm going to do this more going forward. I might say, guys, I'm going to do a comment response. Here's a couple of videos that I've seen. I want to get your opinions on those. Or whatever your opinion on this topic is, I want to know your opinion once I know that you're engaging with these other ideas as well. And, uh, and for more context, what you probably already know, actually, most of you who've been here for a while, <clears throat> is that there's lots of people here who don't actually listen to a single thing anyone says. They don't look at any ideas or logic or evidence that's presented by others. They don't engage with questions. They're basically just bots. They're basically just parrots. And they'll just go into every live stream chat or every comment section and just just blurt out whatever's on their mind. But there's no interaction going on, which is a complete waste of my time. The only reason why I've been able to progress as a person, not just in this scene, but in my whole life, is I engage with people. doesn't mean I'm always right. doesn't mean I always get everything people are trying to share with me. Sometimes it takes time. In fact, it usually takes time. But by trying to engage with with the other side or with other ideas, it helps me to, to progress further. And so I'm trying to encourage that. So whether you think this event is real or fake, just hearing that phone call, with a guy who might be a little bit skeptical about it and a woman whose job is to, I mean, her job is to believe it, right? She has to believe this is real. She has to believe that all the advice she's giving is legitimate. To hear that dialectic, if you like, no matter what your opinion is, it's useful. So I'm gonna encourage this more going forward. Here's a bunch of videos or here's an article or here's something, check it out. And then if you make reference to that in your comment, you'll get priority in the comment response. And so while we were listening to that, I made a note of six people who seem to have responded to that video or to Diapy Diapy's. Now who's Diapy Diapy? He calls himself Thriisate Hermes on YouTube, got a small YouTube channel, small but growing. And he made a video about the coronavirus and I think this is probably the best video that I've seen on the topic. So I'm gonna play this one as well. And once we've played this one, then we'll get into the comment response proper. If you're just joining us late, this is the, the live stream John LeBond, comment response to coronavirus, seven weeks ago to the day I said that this event is a hoax, nobody died, nobody got hurt. At the time, there were 17 reported deaths in China, none elsewhere, or very few elsewhere, I think none elsewhere, but certainly 17 in China. And I said that this event is in fact a hoax, nobody died, nobody got hurt. It would seem that I might have been wrong. Or was I? We're going to discuss that. But mostly what we're gonna do is look at the comments that were left on a video that I published last night. And I just let's refresh this, what's it up to right now? Still listed at 430 views, 35 up, three down, 56 comments now. So what I'll do is I'll post a link to this in the live stream chat one more time. And if you wanna leave your comments to get in this comment response, you know what you need to do. Like I said though, you're more likely to get in the comment response, documented for posterity if you make a reference to the video that you just heard or the video you're about to see. Now what I'm gonna do with the greatest of respects to my uh, dear comrade, Diapy Diapy, is I'm gonna play your video at 1.25 speed because you do speak slowly and eloquently and you elucidate your words, you elucidate your thoughts well and you enunciate your your words well. But uh, we're gonna try and power through this one, so. This is How Many People Must Die From Coronavirus. It was uploaded by Thrice A. Hermes, AK Typey Typey, on March 5, so about a week ago. This is a
3: six-minute video, but I'm going to play it at 1.25. Check this out. How many people must die from the coronavirus before something is done? Now, the good Reverend N.D. has suggested that, quote, The fake coronavirus is more viral mean than biological virus used by the enemy to deceive people. End of quote. Personally, I have auto-hoaxed the coronavirus. I don't believe the telescreen's wild tales unless I have a damn good reason. The only evidence I have to believe that the coronavirus is a biological reality is through sources that I no longer accept as worth a damn thing. For those not auto-hoaxing, but open to the possibility of hoaxery, consider the following. Those who run the show seem to have the motive, the means, and the opportunity to hoax the biological virus. Surely, this is enough to put them on trial, metaphorically speaking. It also seem to fit with their modus operandi of lying and fakery. Further investigation may only find circumstantial evidence. In a court of law, this might not be enough to lead to a guilty verdict, and there might be enough reasonable doubt to say not guilty, although not innocent either. But life is not a court of law, and I suggest to you that the only way to live sanely and without worry amongst a constant barrage of propaganda is to auto unless one has a damn good reason not to. But why do I concur with the good reverend that it is more a viral meme than a biological virus? Firstly, it is quite possible that some people are genuinely sick, but not necessarily from coronavirus, which I suggest is a hoax. Perhaps a doctor will see this and say that he had a patient who had the coronavirus. But how does he know this? Perhaps he takes a blood sample, sends it off, and a piece of paper comes back saying coronavirus. What about the lab technicians? Perhaps they get this blood sample and they run a test which tells them that it is coronavirus. But who designed this test and is it really testing for coronavirus? Again, who designed this test? When the normies cry, too many people would have to be in on it. One could answer, well, only the person who made up the test.
0: Can I just say, for those of you listening to this rather than watching, this video is definitely worth watching because the guy who made the video, Diapy, as I call him, and the reason he's got two names is because on my website... He's Diapy Diapy. But on YouTube, he's thrice 8 homies. That's where the... So I know him as Diapy. I can't start calling him thrice 8 Hermes. Diapy as I know him. He has edited his video with a whole bunch of video clips that perfectly match what he's saying. So for instance, when he talks about the normies, he, uh, he overlays a very amusing clip. So I'll put it... All of the material that is referenced in this particular presentation, there'll be links to it, I strongly recommend you check this stuff out it has to be seen if you're just listening this has to be seen but but again for those of you who are listening it's what he's saying that's most important but what I'm trying to say is it's an even better thing when you can actually see what he's done it's a brilliant piece this must have taken just for this one six minute video must have taken I would guess to script it record edit find all the probably five hours maybe more maybe double that depending on how hard it is to find the clips
3: it's uh, Fantastic piece of work coronavirus again who designed this test when the normies cry too many people would have to be in on it one could answer well only the person who made up the test it could be that no one is getting sick and it is all media hoaxery but then again perhaps in certain areas they just return regular old influenza results as coronavirus who knows and what the hell is influenza anyway but a model that represents certain territorial symptoms and biological viruses. But I digress. Despite the biological coronavirus being a hoax, I suggest that many people will die from the mental coronavirus. According to official figures, after 9-11, the number of people taking flights drastically decreased, and as a result, the number of people driving increased, especially along journeys. If we accept this, and we accept that driving is more dangerous than flying, and that 9-11 was a hoax, then it stands to reason that the main cause of death from 9-11 would have been the 9-11 mind virus and the state of fear it produced in normies. Assuming that the coronavirus is a biological hoax, I suggest to you if the masses take it seriously, many people could die as a result of the corona mind virus. Please do not take this as fear porn. There is very little in this realm to be scared of. Even if there is some illness out there, the most likely thing to kill you is the fear that the corona mind virus produces. Think it through. As the coronavirus spreads, the fear state in the affected increases. Those with health issues affected adversely by anxiety will have an increased mortality rate. I would suggest that depression rates will rise, and hence so will suicide rates. Those in anxious states may seek medical help. They will be sucked into the industrial medical complex, which kills countless numbers each year. They may fall back into their old lackadaisical, sedentary, and gluttonous lifestyles from fear those who are in officially at risk groups will be less inclined to go out and exercise which will have negative health outcomes and could exacerbate their underlying illnesses it seems obvious that those that live in fear and anxiety will suffer negative health outcomes and the corona mind virus will kill through fear these examples are off the top of my head and if you can think of any other ways that the corona mind virus could increase mortality rates please comment below as i may turn this into a longer article the biological coronavirus may not be a genetically engineered and deliberately released virus, but the corona mind virus is a deliberately engineered, memetic mutation of a broader class of mind viruses, which includes the climate alarm mind virus, the overpopulation mind virus, the war mind virus and the nuke mind virus. If it is used to artificially create economic depression and artificial scarcity, it is not hard to imagine how this mind virus could indirectly kill many others even then, perhaps only in those suffering from the scarcity mind virus. In conclusion, I suggest to you that the biological coronavirus is a hoax. The corona mind virus is real and its symptoms are fear and anxiety, and in severe cases, a sense of impending doom. Unless people take the right medicine, it may kill many people, though not many will notice the link. And here is the prescription, which is both prophylactic and curative, Turn off the telescreen, screen and for those who followed the doctor's orders, the prognosis is very good.
2: Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. When you
0: worry, you. May- he is the thinking man's truther, Diapy Diapy, or Thrice Eight Hermes, as he's known on the uh, on the internet. Yeah, fantastic stuff, man. When I first got into the so-called truth movement back in 2014, 13, 14, I started watching, I started consuming content in 2013 and I started producing content in 2014. At the time, it felt like there was lots of people who were like this out there, people who were thoughtful and who could and who would put time and energy into creating content. And it, it felt like, okay, maybe not everyone who was involved was was truly thoughtful and creative but it felt like there were lots of people who were and and we were, it felt like there was all these people with the same motivation like hey we've been lied to by tv we want to find out what's really going on we want to to share these ideas in a in a a well-produced way like not just sitting there saying the same things over and over every day but go and find something new talk about it put together a well-edited video or a well-edited podcast or whatever Try and have some fun as well from time to time, you know, like that phone call with Salzburg. That's what it seems like back then, but but evidently that's not. I mean, the so-called truth movement doesn't even exist anymore, and there's so few people who put time and effort into their work now, because now it's all about just get the content out there, get the videos out there. A lot of a lot of the content in this scene now is just someone sitting there just saying something, not even not even edited at all, not don't even have notes. It's just just talk shit, because. The majority of the audience here, they're just like the regular lemmings. They have no attention span. They can't tell the difference between high quality, medium quality, low, low quality. It's, it's all um, quantity over, over quality now. And it probably always was, but what I'm saying is I think it's worse now. So when you find someone who actually is putting in time, I mean, like I said, that video would have taken, I believe, probably five hours, five to 10 hours depending on certain factors to, to make a seven minute video. And there's just very little appreciation for that in in the broader conspiracy subculture, and not just conspiracy subculture, but the world. High quality stuff just isn't. Um, most people, it's not. It's not just they don't value it; they don't even know. They can't even tell the difference. Most people will watch that. It won't. The thought won't go through their head. Man, effort has gone into this. In fact, a lot of them won't even get what's being done. For instance, when he's talking about the you know ideas spreading, he overlays the video of this guy dancing at a baseball game. Now this is in reference to this idea of memetics, ideas spreading from people's minds to people's minds. Well, that's what coronavirus is. It's spreading from one person's mind to another person's mind or from the television to their mind or from their monolith on the elevator as they go to work into their head. That's what this is. It's a meme, which is like a virus. So what does he do? He plays a clip of a baseball game. On the surface, it's just some funny video of of some dude dancing, and some guy not being happy about it, then the other guy breaks out into dance, right? But the, the reason he's put that there, I believe, is because at the same time in the video, he's talking about the spread of ideas. The coronavirus itself, the so-called illness or something, that won't kill you. But what about the consequence of this idea, this fear idea spreading to people, you see? That takes time to make a video like that. And there are some people who appreciate it, there some, and by appreciate I mean is in appreciation. They can they can actually see it. They can actually watch it, and I pre- actually see what he's done there. There are some people, but they're a small minority. Man, we we are surrounded by morons, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a moron either. Most people are complete morons. They don't know that they they man. All they can do is wake up, have breakfast, brush their teeth, go to work buy some beers on the way home, watch football. That's all they can do. That's that's pretty much as far as their their mental capacity goes. Nothing wrong with that. The world needs those people and I'm not better than them just because maybe my brain works on a different level. It doesn't make me an inherently better person, in my opinion. But you have to understand, this scene is mostly full of those people. Even the ones who are like, oh no, 9-11 was an inside job or, or the, the school shooting was fake. Just because they parrot those ideas doesn't mean they're any more insightful than the normies. In fact most conspiracy people in my opinion are at the same level as normies if not worse I know that sounds crazy if you're a big conspiracy person like no no we're, we're smarter we know about building 7 firstly a lot of people who parrot building 7 don't actually know anything about it they're just parroting something very easy for them to, to seem smarter than they are because all they've got to do is write something about building 7 and it's like oh that guy's one of us he knows he might know not know anything he's just parroting something that someone else said doesn't mean he knows anything and so I guess if I can take a step back and just explain why I'm, I'm saying all these things, it's like, man, Diapy and people like him, I would like to see them get more uh, more exposure because there aren't many of them out there. People who will take five hours to make a seven-minute video, there aren't many of them. I used to be one. I made hundreds of YouTube videos, and some of them, same as what he's just done there. A lot of thought went, in, went into it. And then after making hundreds of them, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to keep putting this to YouTube where most of the audience is completely moronic so now if I do a video like that I'm putting that on my website for my members only I'm not putting in five or ten hours uh, just for uh, the the YouTube audience anymore I think I've done my I think I've done my time now in that sense but um, when people like Dypia are still starting out they've got new channels and they're willing to put in this kind of effort for this kind of material I think uh, it's you want to enjoy it while it lasts because people can't do that forever Uh, and I should know because yeah I I did it for years so thank you very much Diapy now if you're just joining us this is the live stream let's go and check out the live stream comments how many people there right now 60 people watching live very nice what I normally do with my live streams is I read out the live stream chat and I respond to that I might do that later but that's not the idea today today the idea is to respond to comments that were left on my video that I uploaded last night that video was entitled Coronavirus Hoax, Maybe I Was Wrong, and I said I would give preference in my response to the people who made a reference either to the phone call that we heard before or to dipe's brilliant video. Just for some more context, by the way, I'm from Australia originally, I'm currently in Asia, been here for about a year, but I'm originally from Australia. This is The Age, this is the, the largest newspaper in Melbourne. Uh, not the largest, actually, The Herald Sun's the largest. This is the, the second newspaper in Melbourne, generally caters to a more lefty or progressive crowd and I used to be believe it or not I used to be a one of those people you know I used to believe in climate change and I used to believe that mass immigration was a good thing and uh, some of the nonsense I used to I used to believe in but I didn't know any better man I was like a teenager when I was leaving high school (laughs) go to university you know it's very easy to uh, to fall for all of these tricks so um, so I got into the habit of reading the age and and now It's just the the newspaper that I check. I just check the headlines. It's my way to keep my finger on the pulse. So apparently, as we speak, Donald Trump... And remember, this is March 11. If you're in the US, it's March 12 here in, in Malaysia. This is the top story. Let me get this big on the screen. Control plus. Here we go. So the big story right now is Donald Trump announces Europe travel ban and other unprecedented measures. U.S. President Donald Trump has announced that he is banning all travel from continental Europe for 30 days. The ban does not apply to the U.K. Okay, well, the U.K., by way of area, is only a small part of of Europe. If this is is the case, and this is happening as we speak, guys, what this means is that the U.S., if, if this is implemented, if this is implemented, which it might well be, this means that the U.S. has said that if you're from... If if you're currently in Germany, France, Spain, Greece, Portugal, any of these countries, you can't come to, to the US for 30 days. That's pretty full on. Look at this. Goodness gracious me. Well, well, well. Anyway, so you guys have all been following the news. You don't need me to tell you what's going on. Uh, it's you know people are taking this really seriously all of this stuff so let's go to the comments now there were half a dozen people made direct reference to one of those videos that we've just seen so I'm going to read out their comments right now Take No Gnosis says now let me get this into big mode again if you're listening you don't have to see this but for those who do watch on archive it'd probably be nice for them to see which comments are being responded to and guys I'll try and respond to as many comments as I can but I want to keep this streamed to two maybe three hours which is why I'm giving preference to the people who are engaged in the conversation so not just, here's what I think, but, well, here's what I think and in the context of this other person said this, this person said that, here's what I think about that. Getting engaged in the conversation. So technonosis says it's a drill. This is in reference to coronavirus, the largest in recent history. Let me highlight this. How many have died from coronavirus? How many old people with underlying illness die in flu season The CDC uses an estimate of more than 600,000 worldwide per year. Salzburg Gold and his fantastic video highlights the programmed predictable responses from trained monkeys. Don't touch your face, whatever you do. So a couple of things in there. So TNG believes that this is a drill, the largest in recent history. Certainly it seems that this is a large scale drill. I'll give you an example. When I had traveled from Thailand to Malaysia, I had to go through airports, right? And I was traveling from the north of, of Thailand to, to Kuala Lumpur. This was, this was this time last week, Thursday last week. And they had, at the airport at Kuala Lumpur to get into this country, they had, so as you're walking sort of down the corridor, I suppose, you've got, you've got off the plane, you haven't quite yet gone through uh, immigration. So as you're walking down that, let's call it a corridor, they have this uh, desk on the upper right, like on our right-hand side as we're walking, and there are three people behind the desk, and they've got monitors in front of them that we can't see the monitor. They can, and they've got like I don't know, kind of like cameras pointed towards us as we're walking, but we're just walking in whatever form you know we like. We're not we're not in single form. They haven't made us all line up in queue. We're just walking like normally. In fact. I didn't even notice them until they were just in front of me. I was focused on what was up ahead, wanted to go and get my my luggage or go through uh, immigration or whatever was next in the in the order of things. And so so I saw them, and as I'm walking past, I look at their monitor. Their monitor wasn't shielded. You could see what was on their monitor once you got past them. It was a thermal imaging monitor. So those cameras and their and the screens, it was thermal imaging. And so you could see all the bodies that were walking past in... You know, red, yellow, and then what was not human, what was not organic, was blue or purple or whatever, right? So that was legitimate. You you could tell like what was on the screen matched what you could see. You know, a bit like uh, total recall. The original total recall, a little bit similar to that. So you guys get I'm sure many of you have seen this, the idea of the thermal imaging. It's that that part is not is not a big deal. What got me was that the people who were there didn't seem to be paying any attention to their own devices. And we weren't being forced to, to line up in single you know, in single line. So so people were just walking in big clumps and it, it seemed to me and maybe I should watch my words since I'm still in the country, but it seems to me like it was a prop. Okay? The technology they were using was legitimate. Was it was it legitimate enough to tell if someone's body temperature was elevated? That I'm not so sure about. I mean, what's the idea that they'll come up a darker red if they're at half a degree too warm. I mean, how much? How much does your core body temperature go up if you've got a if you've got a fever? A degree. It's it's not much, man. The human body tends to stay. I think I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it stays in a fairly narrow range. But maybe this this even if it's got the flu. But maybe this technology is uh, precise enough to to actually show normal people. At, at orange and, and um people with the flu as, as red, maybe, I don't know. But the people there didn't seem to be paying much attention to the monitor. And what's more, we were all walking in groups, like or you could walk in groups. I actually was walking past two other people. And so the cameras would have seen us in a in a group of three. So so what I'm saying is was the technology itself legitimate? Possibly. Possibly from what I saw, it could it could have been. But but were they really paying attention? I didn't see anybody getting pulled out. I mean, they couldn't have pulled anyone out if they wanted to. We weren't lined up. Like it, it seemed to me like basically a prop. Now, when I was still in Thailand, I was in a city called Chiang Mai, which is in the north. Everybody knows about Bangkok, which is their, their biggest city, and I believe it's their capital. And it's by far their biggest city. Thailand has no city anywhere near as big as Bangkok. That's, it's one of those countries with like a massive, major city, and then nothing even comes close. Bangkok is kind of like in the middle, but on the bottom of the of the, of the the main continental area, the main landmass area. Then they've got the peninsula. Down there, you've got Phuket. Many of you have heard of Phuket. But up in the north is a place called Chiang Mai. And it's a very popular city with people like myself, people who have online businesses that have to keep their costs low because let's be honest, you don't make much money doing what I'm doing. In Australia, I'd be able to make more money if I was stacking shelves at a supermarket than doing what I'm doing. This is not a, a lucrative... Uh, area to to be involved in even after years and years of doing this I'm still uh, not making a a lot of money not that I'm complaining but the point is Chiang Mai is a place where people go because it's cheap people are are relaxed it's fun the weather's good the internet's terrific there's heaps of cafes and heaps of co-working spaces and it's kind of like the mecca for for, uh, remote workers or for so-called digital nomads so-called and that's why I was there and they've got this thing called a, a coffee club. Once a week on a Friday, they'll have a get-together. All the digital nomads, all the, the remote workers, people who make money online and, and like to stay in low-cost of living places like myself. For people who are in the city, Chiang Mai, what they do is once a week, somebody hosts this thing called a coffee club at a, a cafe. At about, I think they start about 4 p.m. I think they start at 4 p.m., yeah. And they'll usually have a guest speaker. And then once the guest speaker finishes, there's a Q&A. And then after that, it's just mingling and socializing. Because a lot of us, man, we, we lead pretty lonely lives as well. Doing what I do, you know, it's, you spend a lot of time behind a laptop. You know what I mean? Like yesterday, I went to the, the like I said, I caught the light rail, then caught the heavy rail, or vice versa. I went to the cafe, sat there for hours and hours, edited a podcast, come home, you know, get dinner. That's, there's very little human interaction other than when you go out to find people. And so by having a coffee club on a Friday, it's a good thing. It's like, hey guys, have you, have you done all your work this week? Let's get together, have a coffee. Oftentimes people go out for a beer afterwards. It's just a good thing to socialize. So while I was in Chiang Mai, I was going to this as often as I could. And the last one I went to before I left Chiang Mai, remember this is Thailand, and this would have been Friday two weeks ago. So Friday tomorrow, two weeks prior to that one was the last one I went to. And the, the, the guest speaker on this particular occasion was a person who deals in Amazon um, by fulfillment. So a lot of the stores that you see on Amazon, somebody is selling something. Say they're selling a a mouse, computer mice. They don't have those mice in their own stock. It's stored by somebody else, oftentimes manufactured elsewhere. But what some people do is, and and I don't wanna confuse dropshipping and fulfillment by Amazon, all these things, but you get the basic idea. A lot of people run online businesses where they don't actually have the inventory, someone else does. Now, this is a problem if your imagery is coming from China and the Chinese factories are slowing down. So what this guy was, was pre- presenting about was, hey, he, this guy, I think he was American. He has been living in China for 10 years. He deals with the factories who make these kinds of products, and he deals with people who run online businesses. He's like a liaison between these people. That's his whole job. And so since he happened to be in Chiang Mai, he wanted to come and give his um, you know, special presentation, on what's, ha- what's really happening in China. And for those of you who run online businesses that are dependent on imagery that comes from China, here are some steps you can take to mitigate the fallout from what's going on there. And I was like, man, I definitely want to see this. So I go along and I'm sitting there in the in the audience. And what this uh, fellow does is, and let me just scroll up here so people who join us can see that, coronavirus, real or fake. He shows us images. Apparently he had only just flown in to, uh, to Chiang Mai from China. So he shows us photos that he had taken and also that his friend had taken of what was really going on in China. And by this stage, they were already in lockdown in uh, several areas of China. And he was saying that to get into his apartment complex, he had to go through the the temperature. And what they were doing, theirs wasn't some kind of sophisticated thermal imaging done via camera and monitor. No, this was some kind of like device, like a gun, like gun shaped, that they were pointing at people's heads. could apparently read their temperature. Now, is it possible that there are devices that use a laser beam onto your forehead that can tell your temperature? Sure, why not? I I don't have a problem with that. But apparently that's what they were doing with with everybody who wanted to get in and out of apartment complexes, in and out of shopping centers, in and out of basically anywhere. And so what this guy told us was that, and and what's more, what I'm talking about if I had Facebook on my main browser, I could even show you the video because they upload all of these presentations to their Coffee Club Facebook page. So if anyone's interested, just contact me. I can send you a link to that, to this guy's full presentation. But he was showing images of, of this happening and then explaining what, what was going on. And he said to us that by the time he left China, it got to the stage where he might have to go through this 10 times a day. Get get out of your apartment complex, go to the shopping center, blah, 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 10 times a day. So once it got to the question and answer session, I said to him, you know, thank you for the presentation, blah, blah, blah. Can I ask you, in all of these scans that they were doing, and they had people in lines too. It wasn't like at the airport that I went through where it was just a joke. They were actually doing this in lines, you know, line up, we're going to test your temperature. And he showed all the images. He showed the photos. I said to him, in all of the lineups that you did, all of the temperature takes that you went through and saw others going through, did you, and I I didn't use this uh, tone of voice. I was more sort of, you know, but you get the idea. I was like, did you see a single person get pulled out of line because they had a, a response that was you know, either negative or positive, however they determine that? Like a positive means that you're too high or a negative means that you're not well. You get the point. Anyone whose test came back in a way that you don't want, did you see a single person pulled out of line? You know what he said? No. Hey, what's going on here? So you've got how many? Hundreds, thousands of people... We're in the full get-up, I mean, borderline hazmat get-up, shooting a little red dot on people's heads and saying, yeah, you're okay, next, yeah, you're okay, next. People are going through this several times a day, maybe 10 times a day. All of this activity that must be scaring the hell out of the lemmings, the masses who believe all this crap, not a single bad result. Now, let's take a step back. You've probably seen the footage on Twitter or on Zero Hedge or whatever of people in China being taken away in trucks. How do you know that that footage is anything to do with coronavirus? How do you even know that that footage is real? You don't, and neither do I. But these are the images that we get in our heads. Then we see all these people lining up to go through the temperature tests, and we naturally assume, not even consciously, that, oh, if if I'm too warm, if someone's too warm, they're going to get taken away. But what if nobody's taken away? Think about it all of these tests might be nothing more than props okay think about it let me just check the live stream chat you guys are of course my producers you guys tell me if there's an audio problem how am I supposed to know I have no other way of knowing Uh, Willows let me apologize Uh, for some reason some of your comments have been held not by me Uh, Gonk Zoo, same thing for you I don't know why your comments have been held, I've just approved them now, that should be okay. Uh, It doesn't look like anyone is spamming the live stream chat. Sometimes you get people who want to cause problems, sometimes you don't. What I'm gonna do is just set a few people as moderators. Please do not uh, ban anybody. Even if someone comes along and says something negative about me, that's not a big issue. So long as they're not, you know, some people just type tons of comments and ruin it, those people put them in timeout. Or if someone's just there, to say nasty shit about people. Put them in timeout. But other than that, let them go. But um, yeah, so far it looks like everything's going all right. Let's see, Daniel Morris might just send you as a moderator as well. Who else have we got in there? Let's have a look. Ton of people in there. Willows, you know what? Guess what? You're now a moderator, there you go. Like I said guys, don't please don't delete anybody. If you are ever in a John LeBond livestream chat and you get unfairly timed out or deleted, Make a note of who did it and uh, contact me and I will I will address the issue. It hasn't happened so far, but uh, it might happen. You never know because I can't focus on the live stream chat while I'm trying to do the show as well. Uh, let's see. Uninspired thoughts. Yes, you are also now a moderator. So just emphasizing, guys, don't. even if something looks like someone's causing... Even if someone looks like they're being a dick, that doesn't mean you have to Please don't, like, please just let it flow unless they're causing problems, please. So anyway, that, that was uh, the comment that came to us from, uh, hold on, let me go back to where were we, from Technognosis, who said that he thinks it's the largest drill in history. Yeah, it very well could be, guys. I know how crazy that might sound. What? What do you mean it's a drill? There's thousands of people dying. Well, how do we know what they're dying from? And as Diopi pointed out in his video, where? how do we know that they're testing for coronavirus. In fact, I raised this exact issue at that coffee club I told you about. The two people sitting next to me. Who was it? A girl from Estonia and a guy from, I think, the US. We were on one table. We didn't know each other. And so once the presentation was finished, the first thing I said to these guys was, guys, does it strike you as odd that all around the world they've got the tests for this now? How, how, how quickly did that happen? How did all of a sudden, all of these doctors and hospitals and uh, medical agencies all have the same test for the same virus. How did that happen? Think about this. Doesn't that strike you as odd? The girl and Estonian people tend... They seem to be... I think they're more open-minded than, than the average person. I've got my theories as to why that is. She was like, yeah, actually, I, I can see your point. Like, how did they... How come all of a sudden the whole world has the same tests ready to go? And I'm like, yeah. The guy, though, he was... Look, he was a nice guy. These people are nice people. But you know when you're talking to a lemming and they just start making up a reason? It's like, no, but that's just your speculation. You haven't read that somewhere. (laughs) Like, you know when you start asking questions like, hold on, if if what the telescreen is saying is true, if what the government is saying is true, then how come? And then the normies will just start giving you an explanation as though that is the explanation. It's like, no, no. You're saying that, but you're just guessing. You don't actually know, right? Like, you haven't even thought of this question. You can even tell by the way that they're talking to you they're, they're literally making it up as they go along. It's not like you asking the question, I sit there and think, oh, actually, that's a good question. i want to look in. No, it's like, well, because, and it's like, yeah, but you're just guessing. You're just speculating. Yeah, but I mean, this is how they would do it. Yeah, but you don't know. I'm asking the question, doesn't it seem a bit strange to you? And you are just coming up with an instant response as to, as to the best explanation you can possibly think of as to how it might be the case, but you don't know. You're just guessing. And that's what the lemmings do, man. They will just fill in the blanks so that they don't think about these questions and when you put these questions to them most of them will instantly come up with a make believe answer that they've done like they literally haven't even thought of this question let alone tried to seek out the answer they make it up as they go along and the people who run the show know this which is why they can put out some footage of oh guys the Chinese are dragging people away man yeah and most people have never been to I've never been to China by the way I've never been to China or Taiwan I can actually speak a little bit of Chinese that I learned while I was at university. And uh, there are, there's a huge Chinese um, population here in, here in Malaysia. I've never actually been to China or to, uh, to Taiwan. <coughs> but I've been to several countries here in Asia. I've been to Malaysia, Singapore, and uh, Vietnam and Thailand. So I've got a basic idea of how Asia works. And it's, it's a lot, how do I put this to you? If you have an idea of some ancient oriental place that's just been kind of modernized a bit. That's a false idea. Their lives are just as westernized as ours to the point where, why do we even call it westernized? All right, like this apartment of me right now, if if I weren't so... I mean, I couldn't show you this apartment. It it looks just like an apartment you'll find anywhere else, man. Uh, If you're at a shopping center, look, if I'm at the cafe down at the shopping center near me, Sometimes I forget I'm in Kuala Lumpur. It feels like I'm back in Melbourne. Because Melbourne is basically Asian now anyway. Everything's the same. Now, are the cultures different? Yes. Are there some idiosyncrasies that are different? Yes. But this idea that, oh man, anything can happen in China and they can just drag people off the streets and blah, blah, blah. It's like... It's so easy to, to put ideas in... Oh, there are people eating bats and they're catching food from a bat soup. It's like, okay... Do the Chinese eat some strange food? Yes, some of them do. But it's so easy for for Western media, for our media, to put this idea in our head that anything goes in China, and and they only have to place a, a few seconds of a clip and we'll just believe it. <laughs> like um, and by we, way, I mean Westerners in general, it's so easy to pull off that uh, that deception. So you've got these clips of people being dragged away, and oh, they've got the the guns pointing at people's heads, the the, the laser temperature guns, and but like whoa, man, whatever's happening there is happening. Like whoa, you know. And we just believe anything without question. And and I think that's what's going on. People are filling in the blanks based on very scarce information. And most people just go along with whatever the, the agenda is. Uh, the final thing that uh, Technonosis says is SG in his fantastic video highlight the programmed predictable responses from Trained Monkeys. Well, that girl, that, that girl who, she sounded perky, she sounded nice, she sounded like she wanted to help. She's reading from a script. I've worked in call centers like that not health-related. I once worked in a call center. Back when I was a university student, I had a casual job where the government at the time had just announced a change to the solar rebate. At the time, we're going back almost 10 years now. At the time, it used to be if you installed solar panels on your roof and you were feeding electricity back into the grid, you would be paid so many cents per kilowatt hour. And the government had just made a change that was gonna go into effect the next month. But anybody who got in before the the change would continue to get the old feed-in tariff. And it was some silly amount, it was like, don't quote me, but it was like 15 or 20 cents per kilowatt hour that you would get if your uh, solar panel was installed before this date. After that date, it went down to like two or three cents or something. Don't quote me on those, those figures, but you get the idea. If you install your solar panel now, you're going to be making mo- You're going to be literally making money, because I was in Queensland, uh, beautiful Brisbane, sunny almost all the time. You're going to be making money, man, if you install a panel before the end of the month. That's why the government changed the policy. It was costing them too much money. So, when they announced the change of policy, they had to have a call centre ready to go, for people wanting to find out more details about uh, this this policy so uh, so they opened up a temporary call center and I was with a temporary job agency at the time and yeah, I got a, an email or a phone call. Can't remember, are you free? And I'm like, yeah, man, why not? I think we had just finished exams as well. It was perfect timing. So I was like, yeah, sure. Or well, maybe the semester was about to start. I can't remember, but it just worked out perfect for me. So they gave us training. I don't remember how long it was. might've been a day. might've been two days. Don't quote me guys. We're going back a long time. But the key point here is that we were given a script. Once you get the call, they're going to be asking one of these questions. They ask this question, go to this response. From that response, blah, blah, blah. It was all scripted. And the vast majority of calls followed that script. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Yeah, hey, how you going? Blah, blah, blah. I can't remember now what what our um, greeting was, but you can imagine. You know, like, um, uh, let me think of what it might have been. Something along the lines of, uh, for instance, hey, you've called the solar panel rebate hotline. You're speaking with John. How can I help you? And they'd be like, oh, hi, I'm just calling about this feed-in tariff. I've heard that we won't be getting our feed-in tariff anymore. In other words, uh, existing feed-in tariff person concerned of losing feed-in tariff. Well, that's an easy one. No, don't worry, Gladys, you won't be losing your feed-in tariff. This policy is going to be grandfathered. And what that means is that everybody who is currently receiving the feed-in tariff will continue to receive the tariff at the current rate for the next 10 years oh, so you mean I'm not gonna lose my tariff? No, Gladys, you're not gonna lose your tariff. The policy is very clear. People who install their solar panels after the date are going to lose their tariff. And then the script would have something like, remind them that if they sell their house, the new owner won't get the old tariff, they'll get the new tariff. Just remember though, Gladys, that if you do sell your house, even if the solar panel remains on the roof, the next person won't get the old tariff, they'll get the new one. Oh, I'm not planning to move from here, Sonny. I've been here for 50 years. Oh, that's lovely. Is there anything else I can help you with today, Gladys? No, no, thank you very much. You have a good day. You too, Gladys, thank you. All right, next person will call up. Oh yeah, mate, I've heard about this bloody feed-in tariff change. Mate, I'm not getting my panels installed until next month. It's already booked in. Does this mean that I miss out? Ah, person getting a panel installed hasn't been installed yet, will be after the date. Uh, okay. Okay, well, the thing is, Bruce, blah, 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 and then you would just go through. Oh yeah, mate, well, so, but if I've booked it in ahead of time, doesn't that mean I should get the old tariff? Unfortunately, Bruce, the policy is very clear. You will be grandfathered only if your first feeding tariff payment is before the grandfather date. And from what you've told me, it sounds like it's gonna be after that date. So unfortunately, based on what you've told me, you're not gonna get the, the old tariff unless you can get that panel installed before then. Do you think there's a possibility you could do that? Oh, look, mate, I'll give them a call, but they're going to be bloody busy now, aren't they? Look, they probably will. But as I said, this is the policy. All I can do is tell you what the policy is. Yeah, all right, mate. Well, thanks anyway. Yeah, no worries, man. Bye. So the point here is it's all scripted. It's literally scripted. And many of you have worked in a similar job, I'm sure. So with that being the case, yes, predictable responses from trained monkeys, that's all they are. I was a trained monkey in that office the lady that Salzberg Gold was speaking with was a trains monkey. It was all literally scripted. Literally scripted. The thing is, the scripting in our world goes way beyond that. We probably won't get time to talk about that today. Let me just go and check the live stream comments, make sure we're still coming through. Let's have a look. Okay, looks like there's one or two people who have uh, misbehaved in the live stream chat. Good to see that the moderators have taken care of that. Very nice. So uh, I've got. So I'm getting some questions in the live stream chat that are totally not related to this topic, uh, guys. Sometimes I do live streams where I just read from the live stream chat and I respond. Sometimes I do do that. Today I'm going to try and focus on coronavirus and in particular the comments that have come from the uh, the video that I uploaded last night. <clears throat> so uh, you'll have to forgive me for that but I'm more than happy to schedule another stream maybe next week and it can just be an open live stream talk about whatever we want so let's get back to that very thing then once again this is Coronavirus Real or Fake I'm John Le bon, coming to you from beautiful Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia and I said seven weeks ago to the day that this coronavirus is in fact a hoax in fact you know what why don't we go and check out what I said at the time can we? Mm, maybe later alrighty then so what's the next comment we're going to respond to Salty this is a new name I haven't seen this one before where is it Salty Siren Salty Siren says on the call in video the operator was awfully giggly answering most of the questions with a snicker cackle to finish it off yeah I don't I think I can see where you're going with that Salty Siren this idea that maybe they're sort of in on the joke and they think it's a joke that's possible. I think maybe she was just happy to chat with John. I mean, John, he had that particular John who called in, Salzburg Gold, the guy who made the video. I think his uh, aloof manner of speaking that particular call and the way that he was taking whatever she said on board. He wasn't arguing with her. He was like, oh, okay. So, da 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 You know, he, she was able to help. When you work in a call center too, sometimes you do, I mean, it can be a, a boring, monotonous Thankless job. If your if your job is to provide assistance, and someone sounds like you're giving them assistance, it can actually be can make your day. You know what I mean, so maybe the because otherwise, what else are you doing? Dealing with people who are complaining, dealing with this, dealing with this. Sometimes, if someone just calls up and everything that you say, they take on board and they're thankful. It just makes you happy. So maybe she wasn't like snickering because she was in on the joke. Maybe she was just happy to help John who was calling in about the uh, the coronavirus. The coronavirus hotline. All right, next, Mike G. He says it's Salzburg Gold, the guy who did the call-in, is Comedy Gold. That phone call made my day. Now, excuse me while I jump into a bathtub full of sanitizer. Yeah, that's the thing. She was saying that you have to use lots of hand sanitizer. Guys, I've seen this, and maybe you've seen it as well. People using hand sanitizer everywhere they go. Here in Malaysia, I've seen a lot. I've seen people carrying their own hand sanitizer. Because I'm sitting at a cafe in front of my laptop Editing a podcast, someone might sit next to me and they're having a breakfast or they're having a lunch. Out of their handbag comes a sanitizer. They're eating with cutlery, mind you. I mean, it's just yeah. I uh, I can't remember the last time I used hand sanitizer. Seriously, I can't remember the last time that there was a bottle either near me or at some venue I was at where I've squirted it. You know, like I get the idea, it's there's alcohol in there, right? I get the idea. But no, I can't remember the, the last time I did that. I'm sure I've done that at some point in my life, but you see you see parents now. you you might see this in the part of the world that you're in. You see parents getting their kids to sanitize their hands with this alcohol in their hands. It's like I'm no expert biologist, virologist, anatomist, scientist, dude. I've got a sneaking suspicion that having children who, who never play outside compared to what they used to, and who are constantly sanitizing their hands, I've got a suspicion this might not necessarily be the best thing for their development as a human being. Do you know what I mean? Just a suspicion. Alright, next up, let's take a look here. Thrice8Hermes says... Actually, well, Thrice at Hermes is the guy who made that video, so that's why I'm reading out his comment. He says the ease of hosting a global flu pandemic wait till the flu season. see that it is a year with higher than average occurrence of flu symptoms. Influenza is the word we give to these symptoms, then return those with symptoms of influenza or even the common cold as coronavirus. In other words, what diappe is suggesting is you go to the doctor and you get told you've got the flu or you've got a cold or whatever. Well, now you can go to the doctor and you can be told, yeah, you've got coronavirus. Your symptoms all check out. Look, we've got we've got seven check boxes here and the, the rule is if you have five or the seven or more, we call that coronavirus. You've got the temperature, you've got the muscle aches, you've been in contact with somebody who has been to China within the last two weeks or whatever. You, you've ticked enough of these boxes we're diagnosing you with coronavirus or with uh covid19 now this this goes to the heart of something that many people don't seem to understand you can have symptoms real symptoms that you know you've got the headache you've got the trouble sleeping you've got the elevated heart rate whatever those things are all real the diagnosis is just a diagnosis and how is that diagnosis being made for example, food poisoning. You've all had food poisoning. I remember I got food poisoning bad, man. When I was in Saigon around the middle of last year, man, that was bad. That was, I didn't quite think I was going to die, but fuck it, it was terrible. It was horrible. Couldn't keep down fluids and and it was very warm and uh, and the the Airbnb I was staying in, my room was air conditioned. It was good. In fact, I'm pretty sure that was the room I was in where I recorded The History Host Explained. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was where I was at the time. And uh, the room was great, but the bathroom was out... It was not in the apartment area. It was out in the washing area. It was my bathroom. I was the only person who had access to it, but it wasn't, you know, nice. So I couldn't keep fluids down. It was freaking warm, humid. I was like, man, how dehydrated can the human body get before it actually does get dangerous? So every time you try and drink water, you've, it comes back up with with interest. So it's like, I can't drink water because I'm going to dehydrate further when I spew that up and then spew up all the other stuff that's coming out. That horrible, horrible thing, that experience. So those symptoms are all real. Now, I am calling it food poisoning. I didn't even know if that's what it was. could have been something else. I, I thought to myself, well, I felt a bit weird not long after drinking that drink that I got on the, the side of the road and uh, all these symptoms are similar to what we think of as food poisoning so I've just always thought that's what it was, I didn't go to the doctor or anything. Now it could have actually been food poisoning, it could have been the food I had poisoned my digestive system and my body's response was to just get it, get everything out guys, get rid of it there's something wrong here, we're starting from, fr- from, a, from scratch, we're starting afresh get rid of it hence my 24 hours of uh, of unpleasantness, yeah. The point is the symptoms are real but the diagnosis is just a diagnosis. There could have been something else wrong. It might not have been food poisoning at all, okay? We don't know, I don't know. I'm pretty confident it's food poisoning. Now when you go to a doctor and you take a coronavirus test, what the hell is the test? Do you know? I don't know. What's the test? How do they do it? How do all these doctors and hospitals have the same test? Let's say that they take a swab of your nose or a swab of your mouth. Okay, great, and they send it off to a lab. Do they? What do they do it with it at the lab? Do they put it in some special magic device? It's like, okay, we've got sample D five seven seven two eight two four six. Put in the magic machine. Press button.
2: <laughs> Bing.
0: Ah, coronavirus. Send off, sample, D, two, but is that what they do? I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. Now, is pathology a real thing? These are uh, pathology labs. Sure. I'm open to that. Why not? I'm sure they've got some ways where they can look at someone's blood and, and find something about it or look at someone's mucus or saliva and fine. I'm not disputing it. What I'm saying is I don't know what the hell they're doing and neither do the masses. So when the lambing masses go to the hospital, or they go to the doctor and they're told, you've got this, you've got that. What are they going to say? Are they going to say, can I please go and see your magic device that, that computed that? No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not going to question shit. Nothing. They're not going to question anything. And so, with that being the case, they could be told, look, you've got coronavirus, when with the exact same symptoms, in the exact same circumstances, a year prior, they would have been told, you got the flu. Okay? Take a week off work. Uh, try to keep up your fluids. Don't do any strenuous activity. Blah, blah, blah. Right?" That's the point that I think that Dipe is making. Now, it's worth bearing in mind that Daipy, he is a few steps ahead of, of most people and he understands the map-terrain distinction. That is, the terrain is real. You go out your front door, you will see terrain. The map is a representation of the terrain. The map can be very useful, but the map is not the terrain. Believe it or not, most people don't understand that. Seriously. That's why you'll hear people arguing about the shape of the Earth. Who the hell told you the Earth has a shape? Well, of course it does. Who told you that? Well, it just does. No. Who t- who told you the Earth has a shape? The liars, the heliocentrists, when you were a kid, and then the liars, the flat earthers, now that you're awake, they're both telling you the same lie, which is that the Earth has a shape. No. The Earth is the Earth. If the Earth has a shape, it is Earth shape. It is not flat. That's an abstract notion. It is not a ball. That's an abstract notion. It is not an inverted concave those are all abstract things. They are shapes that we humans assign to things, but they're not the terrain. Most people can't understand that. Oh, no, no, it is a ball. No, no, it is flat. No, the terrain is the terrain. The best map might be flat. The best map might be a ball. Maybe. We can, d- we can discuss that, but the map is not the terrain. Most people don't understand that and will never understand that. Do you remember when you were a child? I remember when I was a child, I remember some concepts in mathematics just came to me straight away. It was simple. Like you're learning fractions, for instance. When you're first learning fractions, I remember the classroom I was in, there's plenty of fractions. It's like, well, this is a whole thing. Now, suppose we divided that into 10. It's still just one. And each one is 1 over 10. All made sense to me. I remember weeks later, there were kids who still couldn't get it. I was like, man, that kid's stupid, right? right. Yes, some people are stupid. In fact, the vast majority of people are stupid. Now, by the way, a poor teacher, a good... The education system is such that just because a kid doesn't get fractions doesn't mean that he's stupid, right? The teachers are terrible, okay? Let's not kid ourselves. Most teachers are freaking... Well, they're stupid. How can they possibly... You see what I'm trying to say? With that being said, though, some people can understand things quicker than others, all right? Some people do have a, a better capacity for understanding things, for learning new things, all right? So it is with simple... To me, it's so simple. When I first started reading about this map terrain distinction, I'm like, actually, that does make perfect sense. (laughs) And as it applies to, to medicine or to health, it's like, yeah, we've got these symptoms. That part is real. The vomiting is real. The fever is real. No problem. How we then describe that, the model, oh, it's influenza. It's a virus. It spreads from person to person. And the body wants to get rid of the virus. So the body warms up to kill the virus, because the body can be warmer than the virus, so the body's reaction. That's all the, now we're getting into the, the map area. Okay, that, that part is not so obviously true. Is it possible that there actually are little virus things going around and, and spreading around, getting killed by fevers? Sure, but that part we can't actually see, that's the model. The map is the fever. Yes, you are warmer today. You feel hot in the head, cold in the body, right? You, you, you're struggling to keep down fluids or whatever. That past the real part. That's the terrain. The map, the diagnosis, is the model. And, and people will just believe whatever model they're given by their so-called experts, won't they? Yes, they will. Of course they will. They can't help themselves. They're lemmings. Diapy Typey continues. All countries are run by the same people. Let me um, highlight this, by the way. So simply alter what the computer spits out from the mouth swabs in certain areas... Times to match a pandemic and boom, you have hoaxed a global pandemic, a new form of influenza. It seems to me that a handful of people could manage it. Easily. Easily. There's a very small number of people who control the great bulk of what we call humanity today. That much is obvious to me. There are people out there who think they're awake who still believe in nuclear bombs. Can you believe that? Oh no man, Putin could could start a nuke war any time. Kim Jong il could start a nuke war any time. Yeah, they believe this crap. There's, not much, there's, not, there's really not much hope for these people, unfortunately. Once you've been paying attention to long enough, it becomes clear, no, there's one group of people who control the whole lot. I call them the authorities. Author, it is. A-U-T-H-O-R, it is. What does an author do? They tell stories. The people who run the show are the greatest storytellers. They have to be. That's their job. And what story are they telling right now? Guys. Guys. This is bad. Some person ate a bat in China... And then they got a virus. Just like in those movies we gave you back in the 1990s. Yeah, that really came true. And now the Chinese are locking cities down and... geez, it's oppressive what they're doing over there. But it's working. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to do the same thing, guys. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. They're telling this great story. And then they have props. You know, if you go to the theatre, you go to a play... A good play has a good set designer. Very difficult to have a play that is as good as it can be without a good set designer. Underrated part of theatre is the set designer. I've been to some uh, plays where the set, I was like, that's the coolest thing about this whole play. Look at what they've done here. This is amazing. I went and saw, when I was in Brisbane, I went and saw Avenue Q. Have any of you guys seen that one? I went and saw that one on a date, actually. Good times. and uh, Avenue Q. And what they managed to do with their set, the the multi-use of their set, I remember sitting there thinking, man, this is... F-. I mean, the whole presentation was pretty... I was more of a lefty retard back then too, of course. don't. Those of you who've seen Avenue Q, you're like, what? JLB liked that one? Well, dude, I'm talking 2000... I'm talking 2012, I think. We're going back a long way, man. And I was still a university student and... uh Yeah. So I... <laughs> look... I've got no comment to make about the, the plot, the storyline, the narrative. But the, I remember thinking, man, the set, brilliant what they've done. Genius. I couldn't think of this. You can pay me to think of, we've got to come up with a set with this many purposes for this many scenes. I'd be like, well, you're talking to the wrong guy. You, are talk, you can give me the money, give me the time. We'll give you three months. I, I can try. But I, no, this is too much for me. You need a professional set designer. Because with a shit one, it's gonna ruin your whole play. Don't put that on me. Well, guess what? In this great narrative that they give us, they've got the props, same thing, same thing, right? They've got their little guns that they point at your head with a red dot laser, yeah? They've got these thermal imaging devices at the airport that no one's even paying attention to, right? Helps build this grand story that the authorities are here to tell us. It's all part of the same thing. Same with 9-11, man. 9-11 9-11 was a made-for-TV movie, yes, but it was more than that because they had the props ready to go. They built those props in the 1960s, man. According to the research that I've done, that I've only shared with members of JohnLabond.com, the planning for the building of those props reveals the hoax. I've got a, I think it's seven or 8,000 word article on this exact topic. The Twin Towers and what was built around them you never hear supposedly awake people talk you never hear. some of the stuff that I've discovered in my research I'm like how come no one talks about this it's been a long time to realize no one's actually doing the research they're just parroting each other's stories Building 7 Space Beams Thermite uh, Trillions of Dollars the Day Before Pentagon uh, Bullions of Gold Yeah, Larry Silverstein insur- it's just it's all bullshit they're all just parroting each other's bullshit man when you take the time to do the actual research, go through the historical archives from the time of the building of the so-called Twin Towers, the ruse is, it becomes, whoa, this was a, this is obvious what's going on here, and it's brilliant, and it's genius. That's the kind of material that I publish at johnlebon.com. With my point being, yeah, the Twin Towers and other buildings around them, including buildings that didn't come down that day, that's right, there were props involved in September 11 that were never supposed to come down that didn't come down. Their job was to remain standing, that's right. So you've got the props that had to come down, the props that had to stay where they were, all part of this grand presentation that we call September 11, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Given that nobody died and nobody got hurt. Now, if somebody did die, if there were real innocent humans who died, then it's it's no longer cool, no longer kosher, as far as I'm concerned. But I believe nobody died and nobody got hurt. Which allows me to say that it was a fantastic spectacle. Just absolutely brilliant. In fact, not only is it too good for me to think up and execute, I'm open to the possibility that it's too great for human beings to to plan and execute. Might be something, they might be the vessels through which this is done, the humans, but they might be acting their part in a grand play that was scripted by something much bigger than any individual human. A man in his time plays many roles. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, boy, shit. Alright, so we've gone through Salty TNG, Dipey Dipey, Mike G. Two more comments from people who responded directly to the videos that I uh, suggested people should respond to. Now let me just go and check the uh, the comments on my comment section because maybe some of you have now left a comment uh, as per the stipulations in last night's video. And if that's the case, I want to add yours to the list of comments to respond to today. We're recording this for posterity, guys. In two months, six months, two years, we can come back and say, what were people saying? What was their honest opinion? Because, you know, the same people who fell for Ron Paul were the people who fell for Donald Trump. They didn't learn their lesson. Some of those same people then fell for Bernie. I mean, people, people fall for the same shit time and time and time and time again. That's why people like Max Egan have a career. How come he gets away with his nonsense? Because his idiot followers don't pick up on the patterns. Same with all the flat earthers. How come they get away with this nonsense? How come they get away with changing their story time and time again because their idiot followers don't notice the pattern? You can only notice the pattern when you're paying close attention. Most people can't pay close attention. Their their attention span is is pathetic. And so if this coronavirus turns out to be a hoax, then we'll have the documentation of the people who said so at the time. On the flip side, we could be wrong. People like me saying this is a hoax. Maybe we're too far off the reservation. Maybe we've auto-hoaxed one story too many. And if that's the case, I want this to be documented so that next time this happens, before I go and make any videos saying that this is a hoax, I can go right. What did I say last time though? I need to calibrate my instincts here. Ah, two years ago I said it was a hoax and and so did all these other people and we and we were wrong. Alright, well I better better factor that into my analysis then. Obviously I've got some biases that I need to make sure don't influence another poor decision. Yeah. It's good to document your thoughts and that's probably one of the best things about having a YouTube channel is that you have all of your videos there to, to look back on. Certainly I do. Even when they deleted my channel, I have backups of all of those videos, all those hundreds of videos and live streams that YouTube deleted. I've got copies of every single one. So I can go back and look at what was I thinking and, and what was my thought process back in 2015, 2016, 2017, et cetera. And that's very beneficial. So those of you who don't have a blog or a YouTube channel, I feel like the internet it can be good and it can be bad and you're missing out on one of the good things about it if all you're doing is consuming content and not creating any there's a very good chance that you're getting more bad than good it's just my opinion don't please don't get upset or offended I'm not trying to upset or offend anyone but just making a video even just one video a month or writing one blog article a month or say on my website we've got these things called member creations so it's not just my research that I'm publishing I'm publishing other people's research as well They'll send me a PDF, it might be 500 words, it might be 2,000 words, it might be three or 4,000 words, and it will be their exposition, their work, their research on a certain topic. Uh, one of the most popular ones is The History Hoax. People have sent through all kinds of articles about their research into this character of history or this character of history. Another one that's been very popular is The Mandela Effect. One of the best uh, member creation series that we've had was by a guy called Al. And he gave his opinion on Mandela effect. A few months later, and he didn't just give his opinion. He said, well, here's what this person says. Here's what this person says. Here's my general gist. A few months later, came back and said, right, here's this other take I've got now. Shortly after that, third piece. And you could see a progression. And again, this goes back to this idea of, are you engaging with other people's work? Or are you just just parroting what you say over and over again? Or just arguing with people? Are you trying to take the time to take a step back and go, right, here's what I think and here's why. Here's my evidence, here's my premises, here's my logic, here's my conclusion. What's this other person's premises? What's their logic? What's their conclusion? Maybe some parts of it are crap, but some parts are good. Can I take the good parts and then factor that into what I'm doing? Because that's pretty much all I've done for the last five or six years that I've been here. I've just been constantly taking the good from some people. Some people, it's mostly good. Some people, there's very little good, but what's good is there is worth getting rid of the the junk and then just adding it to the pile and then coming up with my own synthesis. And that's what I'm trying to encourage people to do. And so you can see a progression with Al's work on the Mandela Effect, he was doing exactly that. And so even if you don't have your own YouTube channel, your own blog, you might be able to find someone else who'll publish your work to their audience. That's what I do at JohnLebon.com with my member creation pieces. And my point here is that if you don't know what you were saying or thinking or doing years ago, how the hell can you ever hope to improve, man? It's ridiculous, isn't it? Imagine if you went to the gym and there's some dude there and he's benching 200 pounds and he's very proud of himself because he weighs 170 pounds. Dude, he's benching 1.2 his own body weight. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, man, for just a, a regular person. But then you notice, like you keep going to the same gym right and like you know sometimes you're you're just there you know people are friendly at this gym it's pretty cool hey man fucking that's I think you're benching more than you weigh yeah man I am I weigh 170 I'm benching 200 dude that's awesome good for you that's fucking good for you man but imagine if three years later the same dude's there you go and filling up your water bottle he's like hey man Okay, like, hey man how you going yeah good man today I just benched 200 you benched 200 man that's pretty cool but you're thinking to yourself bro you've been benching 200 for the last three years like, yeah, it's good, but you've made no progress at all. But he doesn't know that because he, he doesn't remember what he did last week. So every week he's hitting his personal best 200. Yeah, man. And that is good for a 170 pound dude, but in three years, no progress at all. And he's still happy about the 200. Like, he's, like it, yeah, it's an achievement, but you already achieved that three years ago, man. Most of the truth seen, that's all they are. They're just parroting the same shit that they were three years ago. No progress, no development, and they're oblivious to it. And I think one of the reasons why is because they'll leave a comment here or they'll be in a live stream there, but they're not producing anything original. They're not going, right, I'm going to read this book and, and read this other book and then synthesize it. I'm going to watch this guy's video and try and find where I agree, where I disagree, make a video about that as part of some kind of broader conversation. No, they're not doing anything. They're just like goldfish, men. Same as the normies. The conspirators and the normies are two sides of the same coin. Now, am I saying that if you don't write articles or you don't make videos, that you are just a stupid normie? Is that what I'm saying? No. I don't know you. I don't know you. Even those of you who've watched me for five years, you don't know me. Some of you haven't met me. Okay, you kind of know me now. You've met me in real life. That's a different thing. But even then, if we've only met, say, five times and, and got a coffee or a beer five times... You only know a tiny amount of who I am, and I only know a tiny amount of who you are. So how the hell can I sit here and say to people I've never even met that I know who you are? I don't know who you are, but here's what I do know. I've been here for five or six years, and I've seen patterns. And the people who take the time to do the research and then produce the content for others to inspect, they progress rapidly. The people who just sit there in the comments and just spout the same things over and over, Very rare to see any progression. It can happen, but it's rare. It's rare. And if what I'm saying is triggering to you, what that means is that deep down, you know what I'm saying is true. So I do encourage this, especially if you're new to the scene. Start a YouTube channel, start a blog. You can be anonymous. It's not hard to do it. You know what you can do? If you want to write up your own research article, send it to me as a PDF, johnlabon123gmail.com. Send it through anonymously. Say, hey, man, I saw your presentation. I get what you're saying. I want to put together a research article. Don't want to publish it on my site. Don't want to publish it under my name, blah, blah, blah. I want you to publish it by Anonymous. Okay, I'll publish it for you, no problems. I'm happy to. I'm happy to help people. I want to help people. I want to encourage people to think for themselves, do their own research. Let's be collaborative. Because when I first got into the scene, that's what I thought this place was. I thought it was a place of collaboration. At the time, it kind of was, man. We'd go on each other's live streams. This guy had this video. This guy had gone and checked out This piece of legislation, and then he made a video about it. You do a live stream, people ask him, Hey man, you know, where did you find out about that? Oh, I saw this article, and dude, it was really cool. It was so cool. And I think that we can have that again. In fact, I know for a fact we can have it again because I have that on my website, johnthebond.com. However, a lot of what happens on my website, the Discord server, most of the, the things that are published, they're just for the members. And a lot of people, for whatever reason, they cannot ever hand over money to be part of something like that it's like something deep in their in their head they can pay 40 bucks for alcohol they can pay 300 bucks for another bag of weed they can pay 20 bucks for a dvd of some film they haven't even watched for 10 years no problems at all but money to support independent media they can't do it it's like it's like they've been programmed and they can't flick their own switch to to see the benefits to do a proper cost benefit analysis and so they can never be part of the conversation at johnthebond.com. I understand. What would be cool is if more YouTubers, just regular YouTubers, started doing this, collaborating together. We can still have a cool, collaborative, online e-community that doesn't need johnthebond.com or doesn't need tngbreakreality.com or doesn't need Salesberg doesn't need these people. Doesn't need any of that. It can just happen here on YouTube. But it will require people to create content to collaborate, and I want to encourage that. So like I said, jonathan 123 at gmail.com. Send me your pieces and I can do my best to to get those out to an audience for you. And the process of writing that piece, the process of sitting there at a desk one day and saying, you know what? I believe coronavirus is real, but it's being overblown. I'm going to look into the stats. I'm going to go to the World Health Organization and see what they're claiming. I'm going to check their sources. Oh, it turns out that their sources are estimates. I'm going to find out what their methodology is, right? That process of, of going through that research and then writing up an article or doing a video... The benefits are immense. You will benefit from it. And then anyone who reads your work will benefit. This is the way... Man, the internet is fantastic technology. I feel like I'm utilizing it in a positive way. And I feel like the other members of my website were utilizing it in a positive way. And there are other websites doing good work as well. Some, not many. The internet can be a fantastic thing. And I would like to see more people using it in that way. That's so I'm trying to encourage that. So I've just read out the comments from four people. Let's go to the last two comments in this particular uh, live stream. I said I would prioritize the people who uh, make reference to the videos in question, and we won't get time to go through much more than that. Let me just go to the live stream chat. Let's see, we've got 70 people watching live right now. Thank you all for coming out. 35 thumbs up, one thumbs down. Very nice. Like I said, guys, I normally do read out the comments of the live stream chat, but today the emphasis was on reading the comments that were left on the video. The video that i made last night and i said i'll give priority to people who also engage with the other material the call in to the hotline and diapy's brilliant video that i played both of those at the start of his presentation and from what i can tell half a dozen people when they left their comment made reference to those pieces so those are the six people i'm reading out today what i'm going to do either later today or tomorrow is then record another video probably not live i'll just record the video where i respond to the other comments on that video and that video will be for the members of JohnLebon.com. But I think two hours is enough. have got two more comments to read through here. So thanks, by the way, the, the point here is, thanks for all the comments coming through, guys. Like I said, I normally read your live stream comments, but today the priority is, as I said, the comments that were left. So let's go back to those comments all right now, then, shall we? Have they updated the stats? Let's take a look. Well, it takes a big... N- about 500 views, alright, 57 comments. Again, the, the audience engagement rate on my, on my channel is the polar opposite of what you see on other channels and you have to wonder why that is. Why do these people with 5, 10,000 subscribers getting 1,000, 2,000 views, there's five or seven comments? Why is that? There's a reason why, guys. There's a reason why. and I probably wouldn't have known this had I never been a YouTuber. I wouldn't have known that uh, the numbers are often very deceptive sometimes intentionally so. You can pay for subscribers, very easy. You can pay for views, very easy. More difficult to pay for comments and especially thought-out comments. I mean, go through these comments, guys. These are all the comments I'm gonna be reading out and responding to in a video that I'm gonna make later on today. But look how much thought has gone into a lot of these. Okay, some of them are only one sentence, but some of these are a proper little mini treatises, aren't they? You Good luck trying to pay for that, you can't. These are real people leaving these comments, all right? This is real audience engagement. Why don't you see this on so many of the other channels, guys? There's a reason. The deceptions, man, they they go further than you think, I tell you. All right, so History Buried. Do they leave one comment or two? Here we go. So this is the comment from History Buried. They said, Thrice A. Homies, Dipey Dipey, just summed this up the masses are experiencing a completely different reality and most do not have the capacity to question any of it exactly we all have our own realities for a start we all lead our own lives we all have our own house car job partner family friends acquaintances hobbies habits good and bad etc etc that part's obvious but putting all of those individual things aside, there's also a couple of different commonalities going on. There are the people where it's like, that lady on the elevator today, she's watching the news, I'm willing to bet to you, she's not thinking to herself, where'd they get those numbers? China jumped from this number to this number on those days. How did they know that? Like, those aren't the thoughts that are going through her head. Most people aren't, when they're consuming material, they're not thinking about it consciously. They're not skeptical. It's just whew, straight in their head. Those masses, that's their reality. So if, if all the doctors are saying blah, 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 and if all the experts are saying blah, 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 that's just that's just real to them. They walk past a thermal imaging at the airport. Yeah, that's testing for people who have corona. Yeah, they have the little laser dot test on their head because they're in China. They're looking for people who've got the fever and they're gonna take them away, even if they ain't never taken anybody away. And that's all fake, right? That's their reality. Their reality is changing rapidly, rapidly. Whereas for people like me, This event could be real. It could be a hoax. Couldn't it? I'm calling hoax, by the way. Let's just cut to the chase. I still think this is a hoax. Yeah. I think this one is a hoax. Mm Mm-hmm. I said it seven weeks ago, and I'll say it right now. I'm auto-hoaxing this. These people lied about Ebola. They lied about SARS. They lied about Zika. Swine flu. Bird flu. Octopus flu. How many of these goddamn flus do they have to hoax before the default position becomes hoax? Now... If I start seeing people genuinely getting sick, I'll reconsider my position. Because then I've got real evidence to go by. But just news reports, come on man, give me a break. What kind of person can be involved in this kind of material for years and years and actually believe this crap? Come on, give me a break. So let's go to, there was one more comment I wanted to read out who I think did make at least tangential reference to the videos in question. Let's go and check it out right now. 131 Jack is the name I've got written down here. Where are they? Gotta be somewhere. Maybe they're not. Let me go to channel comments. Hold on, which which window am I on? Oh, I'm on the other window. Ah, oh, I see. Let's go back to the main window. Very nice. March 11, 2020. Yeah, yeah, boy. Shit. So, there, guys, these are all. If you want to see my response to these comments, Go and check out JohnLebon.com because I'm going to be responding to these ones later. Here we go. 131Jack. He says, he or she says, I liked, let me highlight this. They say, I liked the Why I'm Scared Of video, which is the diaper diaper video. More people die from seasonal flu than this COVID thing. It seems we get the same disease propaganda every election year. Pretty sure it's just propaganda to distract everyone from the financial collapse that has already begun. I did see a couple of memes going around where it had Zika, Ebola, SARS, bird flu, swine flu. It had a number of these fake health events in the year that they happened. And it did go 2010, 12, 14. But I didn't take the time to actually check, yeah, but what year was it? You know what I mean? Like for all I know, this person has just taken all those uh, viruses or fake health events and just plotted them on those years but they don't actually correlate I didn't check but it, dude, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if this was quite seriously every two years they did this it wouldn't surprise me one bit if it, if it was almost you know, to the month they could easily get away with that now is it because of the election year or is there some other reason that I obviously have no idea but uh, yeah they can keep getting away with this time and time again now, let me quickly go to the live stream chat. Uh, hold on, let me see. Where's my live stream chat? Where are we? I'm, I'm using two windows. It's never terribly easy to, to, to do both things at the same time. Ah, I know what I had to do. I know what I had to do. All right, so there's another thing I wanna do here, guys, and that is, firstly, I'm gonna get a drink of water because my voice is struggling big time. Just bear with me. I'm sorry about the dead air. I usually try and avoid this at all costs, but uh, today it's. I'm doing the best I can, guys. So what I did was I made a thread. Let me. Hold on. Let's let's see the update from uh, this Trump business. By the way. Oh, a Latrobe student, Latrobe University in uh, in Melbourne. <coughs> a Latrobe student tests positive. 1.5 million expected to get coronavirus in New South Wales, guys. This is breaking news. Holy shit! A student. I used to live in Bundura actually. A student at Latrobe's bunk because Latrobe has a campus in Bundura and also, I think they've got one in the city proper. Don't quote me on that. But I used to live not far from the Latrobe Bundura campus. Those were the days, man. They were building a uh, a new freeway, and we were all like, what, ten years old? So the cars couldn't use the freeway, but we could. We weren't supposed to. But we used to like... This is back when kids used to ride around on their bicycles. No, no phones, too. So you'd go off with your friends, and you'd be free for, for hours to do whatever you want, right? And so I would never have done this on my own because I was a pretty well-behaved kid. But some of my friends, they were like, eh, they can say that we're not allowed on there, but what are they going to do about it? <laughs> so, so the part of the freeway near our school had been completed but they hadn't opened it to traffic so what we were able to do was take the freeway ride down the freeway to get home instead of going through suburbia we would actually just ride onto the freeway and then it was really cool because it was like the way to being built you know they tend to build freeways with like long flowing hills rather than lots of um, up and down they want to minimize that for obvious reasons so whereas because that part of melbourne's a little bit hilly so to ride home you sort of up a hill, down hill, blah, blah, blah. But the freeway was, was smoothed out. So once you got to the top, it was just like a long ride down. You know, like when you're a kid, you know, cruising down on your bike, no hands, just with, just with your friends. Uh, those are good times, man. Good times. Kids don't get to do that these days, do they? Because they, they, they don't, generally their parents don't give them bikes anymore or they don't encourage them to ride the bike. I used to ride my bike to and from school. I started riding my bike to school, I think by grade one, which is like six years old. I don't think my mom let me ride my bike to school on my own in grade prep in the first grade. She might've, but I don't, don't wanna say that she did, because I don't, I'm not sure about that. But by grade one, yeah, I was riding my bike to school. In other words, I would wake up, have breakfast. I did everything by myself. Wake up, have breakfast. It was a very simple process. Wake up, have breakfast, brush your teeth, go and get your bike put on your helmet have to wear a helmet which I did because I was a pretty well behaved kid see you later I'm out of here didn't have to worry about ironing clothes or anything all the clothes are taken care of great thing about being a kid your mum takes care of all of that very nice but yeah wake up in fact that wasn't even the process we would wake up so early so we could watch the cartoons then uh, like Agro's Cartoon Connection and uh, later Cheese TV remember that one this is all Australian All, all the Americans are like what the hell are you talking about dude I'm sure you have the same thing in your country. The cartoons, these have cartoons in the morning. Before you could just stream them whenever. It's been now. The morning is for the cartoons, man. Like the Samurai Pizza Cats and all this kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah, so you wake up, you watch all the cartoons. Got to make sure that you uh, have your breakfast. Are so you having breakfast while you're watching the TV, obviously? Then you got to make sure before you leave, you brush your teeth, and then right, bang, on goes the helmet. Time to get to school. And they used to finish these shows by 8:30, which would give everyone time to get to school by nine. And, and that's what we used to do so imagine the, the level of independence that teaches a kid where like the first few times your mum or your dad come with you to the school like they, they walk with you to the school or they ride their bike to show you the, the path to make sure you know the path and then it's like okay today's the day you get to go by yourself or may, maybe the first day you ride with a friend because your friend his mum has been letting him ride to school for, for months so you know your friend's going to come with you today and it's just you two today Okay, okay, we're going to be fine, Mum. Don't worry about it. Bang, out you go. Then from that point forward, like you get home, see, easy to ride home. Yep, no worries. Sweet. From that day forward, you're riding your bike by yourself. As a six or seven-year-old kid, the independence that builds up, the independence, the self-reliance. Do children get that anymore? Not as far as I'm aware. And the parents, all, I've had conversations with parents about this very topic. They justify it as, oh, well, it's a bit dangerous out there. Yeah, that's a hoax as well. All of these kidnappings and stuff. Hoaxes, man. All And it's all part of the same agenda. It's all part of the same brave new world agenda. We get a whole bunch of these epsilons. A, a little child who wasn't taught to take care of itself, it is now dependent on the state or on the hive mind, right? So now, like for instance, there was one time when I was riding home and uh, the wheel broke or something. something had happened. I was all alone. I didn't know, like to get from the school to my house had to go through like I said suburbia I knew all of the neighbours in our area but the other areas had to go through I didn't know these people so I was like what am I going to do now you know what I mean so I had to just come up with a solution on my own at the time well now if something goes wrong even if a kid is writing we'll just get on the phone you know you know mum or dad something's happened blah 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 come and fix it right so now they're relying on technology they're relying on the state they're relying on uh, the hive the people no independent thought and yeah, the parents were justified as, uh, as Oh, it's to protect the children These poor parents have no idea That, that they've been hoaxed Completely hoaxed So, uh, so yeah, anyway, the relevance of that story Is I used to live in, in Bandura And uh, yeah, it was really fun riding on that freeway if, if I'm ever back in Melbourne I might rent a car And uh, just go and ride on that freeway in the car See what it's like But yeah, back, back when I was a kid Riding the bike with the friends And uh, yeah, good times so anyway, see, so this is this is the age. This is the age in Melbourne. They say, Latrobe student, Latrobe uh, University, Bandura. In fact, my fo- I used to play football. Is it when I was a kid? I played football up until I was twenty something. As a kid, we used to train at Latrobe Bandura. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, a student at Latrobe Bundarra campus has tested positive for the virus. The student went to class within the past week. ...and is receiving treatment. In other words, guys, they've spread it. All the kids in that class have got it now. Shit! Shit! This comes as New South Wales Chief Medical Officer. Chief Medical Officer? I didn't even know Australia had those people. This comes as New South Wales Chief Medical Officer says about 1.5 million people will contract the disease in New South Wales. How do they come up with these figures? What a load of nonsense. Uh-oh, guys. And now, I mean, look look how the stories flow, by the way. Trump is suspending travel from Europe, right? But that's America. We're going to be okay. No, we're not. Guess again. Someone from La Trobe University has got it, guys. And they went to class. Oh, no, guys. If you think that's bad, it gets even worse. Because look what's next. The ASX, which is our stock exchange. It's like our kind of like our Dow Jones, if you want to just put it that way, in, in very vague terms our Dow Jones plunges to the lowest level since late 2016 oh no guys shit ah but there might be some some hope because look six million Australians are going to get an immediate $750 coronavirus stimulus payment I don't think I'm going to be one of them somehow And there you go, guys. That's the news in Australia. So I wanted to read this out, guys. Check this out. There's a Reddit. Do you guys use Reddit? If you don't, I recommend you check it out. There's a Reddit conspiracy sub called Conspiracy No Poll. Okay, Conspiracy, N-O-P-O-L. And I'm going going to be showing you that right now on the screen. As you can see, it should be there. Let's just make sure that's there on the screen. Can you guys see that? Is this coming up? Are we live? Do you guys use Reddit? If you don't, I recommend you check it out. Yep, there we go. It's on the screen. All right, so I know a lot of Reddit is cesspit. It's terrible. I know. Trust me. I know full well. However, this sub, I think, is fantastic. Check it out. Conspiracy, no poll. I'll put a link to this in the info box below. So when I made the video last night saying, guys, what do you think about coronavirus? I also made this thread. My original intention was to read out the comments from this, in the live stream that you're watching right now, but we are already over time. But uh, what I'll do is, I might do two separate further presentations. One will be on the comments that were left on the video that did not make a direct response to, uh, to the video. And then I'll do one to deal with the comments left at conspiracy no poll. But again, this, this conspiracy no poll sub, this goes, this goes back to what I was saying earlier about, are you checking what other people are saying and trying to be involved in the conversation? They have all kinds of threads and uh, topics here. They've got one about the Russian vids video of the CGI book, Changing Color, 5G Robots, Uh, TV Magic, TV Fakery, How Far Back Do You Think History Really Goes. They've got some crazy stuff on there, like the entire world used to be ruled by white serpents. I'm not so sure about that. Skull-shaped human theory. Uh, Humans are farms like cattle's if you could take the red pool would you really the Corey Feldman thing from a couple of days ago uh, do you hear voices is that really schizophrenia the so called holocaust Ooh, they've got some weird topics on there or some, some controversial topics fake animals some of the gorillas at the zoo just a man in a, a costume sounds crazy so you look into it Heaves of stuff, that's Conspiracy no Poll, I recommend you check it out. Not everybody there is a very thoughtful person, but I would say a great proportion of them are, which is very different to some of the other conspiracy forums that you're likely to find on Reddit and elsewhere. Now I did see, there was one more comment, Paddling Truth. Don't know how I missed this the first time around, but they did mention TNGs. Uh, TNG basically, oh, they were referring to TNGs comment. Yeah, I see, cool. All right, so thank you to everybody who did leave a comment on this video. I did say that I would prioritize the people who made reference to either DIP or to Salzburg Gold. Not enough time to get through the whole lot in the two hours. What I'm going to do is come back later today and record my response to all of the other comments on that video. So if you've still got time, go and leave your comments on that video. I'll make a response video. And what I might do is, has this for an idea? I will send that video and podcast out to the mailing list of johnthebond.com. So it won't cost anything. I'll send it out to the mailing list. How do you join the mailing list? This is JohnTheBond.com, and if you just go down to the mailing list side panel, where is it? It's at the top, is it? Where are you? Mailing list, there it is. Mailing list, just click there to sign up, and uh, all you need is an email address, and you get signed up in seconds, and what I'll do is once I've got that presentation complete, It'll be a video and uh, podcast. I'll send it out to the mailing list. And what I'll do is, I'll upload that away from YouTube. I try and hedge my bets. I use YouTube for some things, I use BitChute for other things. Then I use my own server with a totally different company who don't censor me for anything that I do uh, for other stuff. So I'll upload it elsewhere. And that way, no matter what happens with this current channel that you're watching right now, that uh, response will be available. So. Like I said, if you want to see that, uh, either be a member of johnthebond.com, you'll see it straight away, or join the mailing list, and I'll send it out to you at some point in the next few days. And then same thing with the conspiracy no-poll thread. I will do my response and send that out at some point in the future. Now, just on the website, a lot of people have asked me about this. I used to have a much cheaper option, $5 uh, a week, (laughs) five Aussie dollars a week. That's four US dollars a week. That's basically nothing. I don't have that option anymore. What I do have is the 2020 membership. And so for about 65 US dollars, it's 99 Australian, it's 65 US dollars, you get access to everything on the site that's published this year. So every podcast I do, every member creation that's published, every, uh, what else is there? Um, All the articles, all of the videos, everything, you get access for 2020 for a one-off payment, not a monthly amount, just a one-off payment. And uh, several people, as you can see, have already joined up. And so the thing is, right now, the Australian dollar is very weak. 65 US cents last I checked. It was 72 cents when I left Australia. Now down to 65. So what that means is that everything that you see on the website, if you're an American, you might look at and go, oh, $99 to join for the whole year. That's too much. It's not 99. In your dollars, it's closer to 65. That's a one-off payment. And you'll get your name in the credits. You'll get access to all of the member content. So far this year, I've already published, I think, 10 member podcasts. Some of them where it's just me, most of them where it's me and several other members of the website. You'll get access to the Discord server, the exclusive JLB Discord server. you get access to the JLB member forum. So where these kinds of conversations take place, I mean, the videos that we looked at earlier by Diapy Diapy, he's one of the 2020 members of JohnTheBond.com. Where is it? Let's go to the credits. That, that Diapy Diapy video, he is a member of JohnTheBond.com. So the guy who spent hours and hours making that video about coronavirus, he's one of the guys who you'll see behind the paywall at johnthebond.com, one of the guys part of the conversation. He's been on several member calls, right? Salzburg Gold, the fellow who made the video about calling into the coronavirus hotline, he's been a member of the website for, what now, 18 months, right? Those are the kinds of people you'll be mixing with, people who don't just have an opinion, but they're willing to present what they're saying. They'll make a phone call to the hotline, They'll script a video, they'll present it. They'll talk with you about it. We do member calls about it. That's the environment that I've built. And not just me, but us now. There's cl- close to 100, about 90 people behind the paywall now, which on the bond.com. These are the kinds of conversations that we have, and you can be part of it. Now, I understand some people will come back and say, oh, everything should be free. Look at what happens when you have free, free stuff. Look at who it attracts, okay? There are websites out there that do have discords that are free, who goes there? Yeah, Or look at how people treat each other in most people's live stream chats when they're free. If you make something free, it doesn't necessarily attract the best people. Okay, and That's just a fact of life. Some people have already worked this out. Many people haven't. It took for me to run my website to realize this. I used to make videos for free. I used to run my website for free. It got significantly better when I put the paywall in place. Because all of the cretins and the trash people and the loners and the losers, they refused. They would never join. But what that meant was that all the good people who've been staying away from the so-called truth scene because they hate the shit people, now they come out. Now they come out. They come out. They'd be part of it. Now they wouldn't be part of the conversation. In the past, they wouldn't be part of the conversation because they were sick of people calling them nasty names or accusing them of this or of trying to convince them that the earth is flat All this kind of stuff. Who wants to hang out with those kinds of people? No intelligent, successful people want to hang out with those kinds of people. By putting in the paywall, you get rid of those people. The people who are just here because they've got nothing better to do and because they want to accuse everyone of being the devil or a paid shill, which is the same thing. Get rid of those people and now the good people want to come out. And so my website has more media fakery discussion than websites that are dedicated to media fakery and talk about it for free. That seems counterintuitive. Hold on, the free one should have more people, shouldn't it? No, because... The good people, they go to the free one. They see that it's just people acting like children, attacking each other, doing no actual research, by the way, and they leave the scene. They go back to their lives. My one, they're like, oh, you have to pay to get in. Okay, I like that piece by JLB. I want to go and find out more about it. I'll sign up for one month. They sign up for one month. They're like, hey, I'm staying here. This is exactly what I was looking for. Yeah, It, it filters. The paywall is a filter. That's what it does. Some people say, well, I don't need uh, an online community to talk about these toxic people. I'm happy with the free stuff. Cool, no problems. But if you've ever wondered, hey, are there people who do research and do put time into their content and do collaborate? Like, where are those people? They're all at johnthebond.com right now. And you can join, but it will cost you some money. That is how it has to be. That's how it has to be. And remember, this is all I'm doing. I'm in a low-cost-of-living country. Okay, I'd make more money stacking shelves at Woolworths in Australia than what I make from the website, right? But I do this. I'm passionate about it. And a lot of other people are passionate about it as well. And I'm able to do it with that support. So the paywall acts as a filter. gets rid of the crap people. allows me to put my time and effort into this. It's working very well. And I appreciate all the support from all of these people. And the credits, every time I make a video, the, the members are in the credits and they'll be there forever. So... For instance, I released a podcast yesterday, a member podcast where I was chatting with Diapy. In fact, I was chatting with the guy who made that video that you saw at the start of this, or who who, uh, made the video that you listen to, if you're listening to this right now. I chatted with him a couple weeks ago, and I edited that podcast and published it yesterday. And we talked about a whole bunch of things. Every single member is listed in the credits of that podcast. So in the future, if someone listens to that in five years' time, they will know who were the people who helped to make that podcast happen. So I think this is a terrific format. I would love to see more people do this. If you are a content creator, consider putting some of your content out there on YouTube and some on your website with a paywall, especially if you're sick of, I mean, if you're like me, you get dumbass comments coming up almost every day. This person saying this, this person accusing you of this, this person trying to take it down. It's, you know, yeah, it's just comments, but you don't want that kind of energy in your life, do you? No sane person wants that. By having your own website, you get rid of that, and and you will see more people start to support you. People are like, yeah, I've always wanted to leave comments, but I'm sick of all the other comments from other people. Now that you've got a place without those people, bang, you'll see it's it's it changes everything. It's changed everything for me. And like I said, my website is more active, more popular than other websites that do all of this for free. There's a reason for that. There are successful, intelligent people out there, and they do not want to mix with the losers and the trash, and the truth scene does have a lot of trash people. Anyone who will start accusing you of being nefarious or evil when they've never even met you, that person is probably trash. Do you wanna hang out with that person? I don't, I'd rather not, personally. That's just me. So what I'll do is I'll put a link to all of the videos that have been referenced in this uh, presentation in the show notes below. I'll put a link to the mailing list if you wanna see my comment response to all the other comments. I'll publish that in the next day or two. Make sure you're on the mailing list. That's free. The mailing list is completely free. And uh, if you're interested in the members area, just go and find out more about it. I'll put a link to the members area page in the show notes below as well. To round out this episode, I might just go and check out what's happening in the live stream chat. Let's see what is going on there. Uh, Let's see. Let me just update this. The time flies, guys. Time absolutely flies. I've done stay. all this without a bottle of water. Or two. It's on the, the other side of the room. I think the voice is held up for uh, the most part. The me- so let's see, live stream chat, who's in there? John Watson's in there. Uh Justin Thomas is do I listen to Owen Benjamin? Uh let's see. Luke Wilson says eight out of the top 10 trending topics on Twitter are corona related. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. Well, guys, I want to thank every one of you who left a comment on that first video. Again, it's not too late. I'll do my comment response to the other comments later today. Maybe when I get home tonight from the, uh, from the old cafe. got work to do today. So um, check the links in the info box below. That's what you want to do. That's the best thing you can do. Big thanks to everybody who's already left a comment. Big thanks to the people who are going to leave a comment soon. And big thanks to everybody who is supporting what I'm doing here at johnlebon.com. It's been a wild five or six years now. Started podcasting in 2014, started the YouTube in 2015, and here I am now in uh, Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, in 2020. And who knows where I'll be next? I was actually going to fly to Indonesia next. I wanted to go and check out Jakarta. I've heard that Jakarta is a complete shithole, and I'm like, well, maybe it is. I want to go and see with my own eyes. So I've already booked my ticket there, but I might not take the flight because I don't want to get stuck in Indonesia. ...if they get added to any no-fly lists. Kuala Lumpur I can deal with. This is this city is a bit boring, yeah, but it is a nice city. If I got stuck here, eh, no problems. But I really don't want to get stuck in, in Indonesia... ...if it's even half as bad as, as I've heard. It might be better than I've heard, but I don't know. Whereas here I do know. It's okay. So, I'm tempted to stay here uh, longer. Like, the coronavirus thing has... ...it's gone to the stage where it's actually affecting... ...even if I don't believe in the, in the illness... The consequences are uh, actually quite serious, uh, potentially, for those of us who travel. So, so yeah, I don't know where I'll be next, but it has been a wild ride. So to all of you who have supported JohnTheBond.com over the years, I do appreciate it. And who knows, maybe in the next couple of days I'll see more of you there on the JLB Discord server and in the comments on the member section of the JLB.com area, the member area. Hopefully, maybe. We'll see what happens. But on March 11, 2020, big thanks to Diaper Dype for his video; it was brilliant. Big thanks to Salzburg Gold for his call-in. Uh, I wish I wish I could do that more often. I really should. Uh, it was uh, very enjoyable. Thank you, Salzburg Gold. And if we're going to round out the show. Get this with one more video. Let me just bring this up now. Uh, let's see. Breaking news. We're going to round this out with another video. This guy is another member of Bond.com. So we have members all over the world. We don't all agree about everything. Some of us believe the earth... Some people... Look, there are some people on my website who probably do believe the earth is kind of flat. Maybe. We talk about this sometimes. Some people believe the earth is kind of a ball. Some people believe the earth does not have a shape, like me. Some people believe the people who run the show are evil. Some people believe the people who run the show are good guys. Some people believe there are no people who run the show. And that that's a whole other layer of hoaxing altogether. There are some people who believe in dinosaurs. Not many, though, I hope. People like me who believe dinosaurs are a hoax. Some people who believe ancient history is real and that I've gone too far with my auto-hoaxing. All kinds of people on the website. Americans, Australians, British. Uh, other people from Europe as well. Some people are my age, in their 30s. A couple are in their 20s. Some are well into their 50s and beyond. There's all kinds of people on JohnTheBond.com. Some of them are even poets. And uh, what we're about to round out the show with is a video from a member of the site. And this is his breaking news about the coronavirus. I'm going to be interviewing this guy. We're doing a, a call in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that. there will be a member call. And all members are welcome to join us for the call. Sometimes the member calls, it's just me and, and the member. But sometimes other members come and join us for the call. We record them on the Discord server. Then I edit them, publish them for the members. And it's a lot of fun. So if you are currently a member of... If you are already a member of JohnTheBond.com, come and join me for my chat with Michael in a couple of weeks. I've already posted the details on JohnTheBond.com. But uh, either way, we're going to round out with breaking news from the poet from Portland. This has been John The Bond on March 11, 2020, coronavirus. Real or hoax? I say hoax, but the consequences are real. What a time to be alive. Uh, Until next time, remember, no more monkey business. And here is your coronavirus breaking news my friends
2: the dogs going bananas over coronavirus this is mike g reporting i'm going to report as long as i am able yesterday march 7 2020 an employee at the convention center said hey man did you just hear that governor brown declared a stop right there i said i ain't talking about this shit until you're infected with this and then we'll have plenty of time to discuss this while we're in quarantine. I coughed. She said, oh no. She coughed. I said, oh yes.